welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kennecke. Today's show is on Pokemon Conquest, and my guest returning for, man, what is it, like the third, maybe fourth time? Uh, it's Ty Fromm. Yeah, how's it going, everybody? Hey, uh, yeah, the last time you were on, I looked it up, uh, it was for episode 35, and, and also for a Pokemon game. Uh, you, are, you are one of those guys that I know is a big fan of Pokemon in general. A lot of people call me a Pokemon master. I, I, I have known you to be that. Um, I remember that oh. you would con- continually kick my ass <laughs> when it came to Pokemon games. Cause I, think I don't you, like to brag, but... You know, I, mean, uh, we, we, I think we did talk about this on the Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire show, but did you uh, ever care about like EVs and IVs and like the secret stats? Um, I, to a point... I cared more about the EVs because you could control that, especially like in the X and Y and uh, Ruby Sapphire is a lot easier to get those points instead of killing like a thousand, uh, you know, ratatats for speed or whatever. Right. I, yeah. I thought the IV stuff was kind of dumb because it seemed random. Like there was a way you could breed it in, but it was just like way too much trying to hatch eggs and all this kind of stuff. I didn't really care too much about. So. Right. And, and that, and honestly, that is that is probably the main reason that you killed me is because i never gave a shit about that stuff yeah it's ridiculous like if you look at natures and all that kind of stuff like it like a fully trained speed guard chomp just so much faster than a regular like i've seen them do like two attacks before a regular do one thing it's like, it's yeah i and i just i i could never be that person i i don't know why i play pokemon in a very collector sense it's yeah, like I'm sure. out here to fill a Pokedex. I'm gonna I'm get trying to impress anyone. Yeah, exactly. I'm here to get one of everything, and that's about it. And and like yeah. if I can put some cool moves on them, I want to make sure they've got four very different moves, so I I can I can get through kind of any situation. That's good enough for me. And it wasn't until I, I remember for a long time I played Pokemon of just like ooh sweet Nido King is awesome because he can learn Thunderbolt and Blizzard and Surf and. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's great. And then I was like, well, I, I did finally catch on, like, hey, man, he's got some real shit special attacks. So yeah. all like, of sure the... use it, like, but, like, to what's... To what good. Definitely. Like, like, yeah, he, like, he does... He can do all of it, but you don't yeah. want him to. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe not. Maybe not yeah. use Nidoking, <laughs> except for, like, Earthquake. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like, why... I mean, I wish... I kind of wish it was more like you could use whoever instead of, like everybody having roughly the same team of like, Oh, Alakazam and uh, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, you know, I, guess, I guess they got to like create tiers of some sort. For sure. And, and there are some Pokemon that are there to be joke kind of guys. And uh, like, like yeah. no, no one out there is using Mr. Mime thinking that it's going to be like some super competitive thing. Uh, I mean, actually, I don't know. Mr. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Mr. Mime might actually be good. I don't yeah. know. With, like, all the okay, barrier and light screen shit that he can do. Uh, like, I remember in the Pokemon card game, what was it? Safari or Fossil? Or Jungle or Fossil? I think he was Jungle. Like, Mr. Uh, Mime was a fucking badass card. Because I think he, like, cut everybody's attack in half. Or no, no, it might not even be that. I think it might have been, like, if there was an attack that was, like, over 30 damage, it just did nothing. Yeah, he was a fucking beast. Yeah, see, that's where you probably would have beaten me, because, like, with the card games, I just, like, collected it for, like, mostly the art, and, like, partially just to be like, oh, I got a shiny Blastoise card. Did you play the uh, the trading card game on Game Boy Color? Uh, yeah. 
right. Yeah, I I mean, what's kind of weird, and we're kind of we're gonna get this back to Pokemon Conquest, I swear. Oh, okay. uh, but it's kind of interesting how some of my favorite Pokemon games are actually the the Side non games, main series ones. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, uh, Rumble. Rumble's really fun. I, I did. You know what? I I actually really like Rumble. I, I yeah. It's it's kind of bullshit, uh, but there there's oh, something I mean, cool to it. I mean, we can get to this like kind of later, but like I've been playing a lot of Diablo three lately, and it's just it kind of it has the same feel to it. Just like attack, spam, and get treasure. Yeah, I, there is there is definitely something to that. I I have an unopened copy of Diablo three for my PS four that. Will get played eventually. I just keep oh, yeah. saying, you know, oh, I should play this game, and then I just play more Destiny, and then yeah. I just feel bad about it because Destiny's. I, I like playing Destiny, but I know it's not a great game. Sure. Yeah. I've heard that about Destiny. Like it uh, wears itself out pretty quick. Yeah, it it really does. <laughs> I mean, we all have our vices, though. I played WoW for longer <laughs> than it should have been acceptable. So. Well, true. Um, all right, so Pokemon Conquest. Let's let's kind of catch catch back up to to the the main point here. Yeah. Uh, this game came out uh, June eighteenth, two thousand twelve, in America. Which, when I looked back at that, I was like, man, that that seems recent. Yeah, like we're no, sitting it's... here in twenty fifteen. Like you're you're in New York. I'm in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, back then we were in the same state, same. City. Right, because I played I played a really good portion of this game, and I think I told you that I thought it was pretty cool. And then you asked to borrow my copy. Yeah, yeah, you lent it to me, and I and you sure I beat it then. Yeah, I, I mean, I know I didn't beat it then, and I still haven't beaten it, uh, which is yeah. makes me not a great person to talk to about this game. <laughs> other than the fact that no one else I know talks about this game. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we kind of said this before the podcast started, but it's really hard to find information, like a whole lot of information about this. Game. I mean, yeah. on mm-hmm. one hand, it's kind of like, what is there to say? But on the other hand, it's kind of it's weird for a, like a huge franchise like Pokemon to not have. Exactly. You know, yeah, I mean, fan base, the, so. the name Pokemon seems to just print money all the time and, yeah. and gets hardcore fans no matter what it's for. Uh, I, I can I can go on the internet right now, and if I type in like Pokemon Red and Blue, you'll find tier lists oh, for the yeah. Pokemon. You'll find all the the crazy stuff of like how how the game was made and how they compressed it onto a cartridge and how things can be manipulated in the code to do all these things. And then I look up something like Pokemon Conquest, and it's like, hey, yeah, that game released then, and and this I mean, these people made it. And that's about it. Even on the, like, further than that, it's like people are still, like, probably writing, like, fan fiction and cosplay and all that kind of stuff for the original characters or, like, the mainline games. And it's like, it feels like this would lend itself to that with all the different warlords and stuff. But and, not and, from what I can tell, there's just, like, nothing. Like, uh, I, I'm on Wikipedia right now, and it shows how much the game sold in Japan. Right, and it wasn't that many copies either. Uh, but, like, nothing for America. I don't yeah. See the numbers right away, I'm sure. So, yeah, I, I think I remember that stat on, on Wikipedia, too. It's something like 250,000, maybe 300,000. Uh, yeah, pretty close. Uh, in Japan. And that was just for 2012. So that's when the game came out. So it, I, I'm sure it didn't go up a ton more in the in the years yeah. to pass. But 
Yeah, it it really did good reviews. I I think one of the the issues with with this game is that it's the developer, and because it, it, it's not made by Game Freak or the Pokemon Company or even really Nintendo. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, it got published by the Pokemon Company and distributed by Nintendo, but the developer is Tecmo Koei, uh, who you know most people would know through something like Dynasty Warriors or Samurai Warriors or Warriors Orochi or Warriors Warriors or. Hyrule Legends Warriors or the new Dragon Quest that's also going to be a Warriors game. And they make a lot of fucking Warriors games is what I'm Hyrule trying to get. Hyrule Warriors, right? Yeah. I, it, is it Hyrule War? Yeah, it is Hyrule Warriors. What's the... But the it's Hyrule Warriors Legends or something. It's like the 3DS port, uh, yeah. isn't it? I don't remember. That game's not that game's not out yet. Um, but, oh, really? Yeah. Well, the, the, war, the Hyrule Warriors is for Wii U. But the the 3DS port just got shown at E3 not too long ago, and I, I think it's coming out maybe next year, maybe maybe later this year. Um, but, uh, I don't know. So okay, I, to be fair, maybe one of the reasons I give this kind of a pass is that I actually kind of like the Warriors games, which makes sure. me a terrible person, and I realize that. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I just remember I got way caught up into Dynasty Warriors three. Because uh, my cousin had it, and you got to ride an elephant, and oh, yeah. I don't know, Gan Ning had a big fucking sword, and it was cool. Oh um, yeah, I, I, like I spent. I remember the first video game I got like red bloodshot eyes from playing so much was Dynasty Warriors Three. So I kind of have a special place for Warriors games too. And I feel like Three is probably like the high watermark for the series. I don't. I don't think anyone gave a shit after Three. I think Three came out and people were like, "Oh, what? Hey, they kind of perfected what they were going for." Well, perfected might be a, a strong term, but <laughs> especially if you go back, like I, I went back. Uh, it wasn't anytime recently, but like definitely after like the initial like shock of like, "Oh, this is amazing!" wore off. I tried to go back and play uh, Dynasty Warriors Three, and it's like. It's really rough, yeah. I because I remember when I first played it, I was like, "Man, how did they get all these people on the screen?" And like, look at all these great attacks, and look at how many characters you can choose from. Characters, spears, weapons. Everybody had like their own weapons and legendary weapons. Yeah, like everyone had four weapons, right? Like your regular, your kind of better one that you'd find the the regular kind of rarish one, and then the legendary that you had to go through some fucking giant process to get to. Yeah, you had to, like, beat the army before reinforcements arrived on the east side of the map. Right, or, or like, there would be some kind of caravan that would be going on that would only happen if you killed this warlord first, and, yeah. yeah. I, I I played a lot of Dynasty Warriors 3, but, but you're yeah. right. Going back to it in any modern sense now, it's... <sighs> It is so slow and so... Graphically, uh, it's just awful. There's so much fog. It's yeah. it's crazy. Um, and But I remember when I played 4, uh, and again, we're getting way off topic, but who cares? This, this is more fun for me right now. <laughs> um, I, I rented 4, I think, and, and I think that was... That must have still been an Xbox game. Um. Uh, Xbox and PS2, but four sucked. I hated four. Like it, it seemed like they fucked with the camera and did some other things, and it just didn't feel good anymore. I feel like they actually took out some features from four. 
Yeah, there's uh, definitely from three to make four. You could like get a mercenary, and your mercenary had to like do this whole like talent tree kind of thing. I don't know. I I definitely dropped off after three. Yeah, I four four might have added the ability to like make your own warlord, but all of them were really generic and kind of sucky. Yeah, um, I think I totally skipped five, and then uh, I feel like I briefly played it. If that's the one where it had like. I feel like one of them had, like, a lot of elemental kind of, like, magic kind of stuff. There's a lot of, like, collecting these weird orbs. I don't remember if that was five or six yeah. or one. I, I, man, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I, I know I skipped five. I, I believe six is where I jumped back in because I got a, a, when I had my 360. I think what it really came down to was that I knew when I had a system... I'm going to have at least one Dynasty Warriors game for this system. Uh, like, like I need to get my one, and and I'd be similar with with fighting games and and to an extent racing games too, where it's like I need one of these kinds of games. I don't necessarily need everyone in the franchise. I don't need uh, I don't necessarily need sequels. But you know, if I have a system, I kind of want to ha- have the option to play this kind of game. Um, uh, for Pokemon Conquest, you mean? No, no, no. For for um, for when I had an Xbox 360, I ended up getting Dynasty Warriors six. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's definitely the kind of thing that it's nice to have around, kind of like a puzzle game or something like that. It's nice to throw it in every once in a while. Definitely, and and that is one of the kinds of games though that I that I think of. You know, oh, now that there's a new system, think of what they can do to push it now. Like I, I saw what you did with a PS2 and an Xbox. Let's see what you can do now with a 360. Like, how many more people can you get on the screen? How yeah. how much better can the draw distance be? Uh, like, show me the particle effects and things that you're doing. And Dynasty Warriors has always been kind of a good game for that right? because, kind of because it changes so minimally. Uh, the game is relatively the same version to version, uh, but you know what they can kind of push out of it from system to system is interesting. So. Uh, I played. Yeah. I played six. I don't think I played any of seven. And now eight, I have on my uh, PlayStation Vita, and uh, I actually really like eight. I think. I think eight's a really strong game. Yeah, I think they just kind of got too bloated with it for a while. And it's like let's keep it what it is. You for know? sure. Um, and I, I actually did play uh, a Warriors Orochi game. I think it might have been three. I don't know. I and and the cool thing about those games is they just take everything. Like, all yeah. the things you love about Dynasty Warriors or the Warriors games in general of, of, like, playing as all of these different characters and having all these crazy attacks and and um, just being able to build up so many different things, uh, that game has it in spades. It, I mean, because they have so many characters that it was way too much to localize, so they just didn't. Like, it's all subtitles. Um <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not like the voices were great to begin with. I mean... No, yeah, but that was another reason I love those games. Like, the, the cheese factor, especially of something like 3, where... Yeah, uh, there's just, like, shitty, just, like, eight, like, these, like, weird, like, metal riffs. But, like, I just remember there's, like, guitarists squealing all the time when I'm, like, in the middle of feudal China. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, I, I'm gonna... I know I'm gonna fucking play some Dynasty Warriors after this podcast is over. Uh, I like. I don't know why Ty. I like bad games. Well, I mean, again, I played WoW for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but but do not do not fear anyone who's listening. Pokemon Conquest is not a bad game, and it's also uh, not a Dynasty Warriors game, and and people uh, need to be aware of that. I think that did probably scare off a lot of people when when you hear like, "Hey guys, a new Pokemon game's coming out," and everyone goes, "Yay!" And then you say, "Yeah," and Tecmo Koei's making it, and they go, "Ah, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know about that." Um, but I mean, it's a it's a kind of an out there idea, I guess. It's kind of like who would have ever thought to combine for Japanese sure. warlords and Pokemon? Yeah, for sure. Um, and and what might come as a surprise to people is that you know Tecmo Koei or Koei in general makes more than one game. Like they, yes, they make a lot of Dynasty Warriors games and a lot of Warrior games in general, but uh, they have other games that they make, and one in particular is this strategy game called Nobunaga's Ambition, uh, which, man, that series has been going on for a really long time. I've I've actually never played one of the games in the series. Uh, have you actually at all? No, uh, I haven't. So I've heard of it. Uh, yeah, I don't really know a whole lot about it. I mean, I I know that it is a a turn based strategy game. Um, it's, I would imagine if it plays a lot like Pokemon Conquest, that it, it has kind of a, um, a Final Fantasy Tactics style, um, view, like camera view. It's that isometric style. Um, but as a person who actually really likes strategy games, I, I know we're both big fans of games like Fire Emblem and, and Advance Wars. Yeah, I loved uh, the Final Fantasy Tactics for GBA. Yeah. So, like, those those are some really great games, and, and I assume Nobunaga's Ambition kind of fits in that same style of, of play. Uh, but, yeah, that, that series, I, I did a little bit of a search for it uh, before we started, and it's been going on for a really long time. I know that the... Uh, the I don't know if we necessarily got the first game of the of the series i think that might have been japan only but the the second game or or maybe like the the u.s re-release of the first game that kind of had like a national edition or something like that um i think that came out for for nes and super nintendo and genesis and and pcs so it's it's like that that's been going on for a long time and i guess they continue to make them i i believe there's there's a new one on the playstation vita right now um so like that that series has has kept up even if it is mostly known as a as a Japanese game uh that you know rarely or or semi rarely comes to America. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised there's a an audience for it. I mean I can it it makes sense that there would be an audience for that, but like them to keep it going for this long is kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean I and it's not even it's not even something that I really consider all that much. Like I when you when I hear what I assume a lot of people would think is when you hear Tecmo Koei you think of of the Warriors games and that's about it. I mean Tecmo you'll Monster get Rancher. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tech, yeah Tecmo you'll get a little bit more out of it. You'll get your Dead or Alive's and your um, and your Ninja Gaidens. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah there, there's sure not a whole Koei, lot more to Koei. Koei. Kind of is a, a little niche niche niche. niche. Mm-hmm. Your, uh, games. All are acceptable, I believe. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this game out game came out for Nintendo D, uh, Nintendo DS, and uh, it's it's a weird game. If you if you come to it like like I did, uh, whereas I'm a Pokemon fan, I bought this game because it said Pokemon, um, 
I kind of at that point I probably would have bought mostly anything that said Pokemon. Sure. Um, I, I, I mean, do, to be fair, I still kind of do. Well, yeah, I do. I, I have avoided like the mystery dungeons and the rangers and the. And uh, those are kind of fun. I, I've heard some of those are good, uh, but I, I just have never pulled the trigger on any of those. Yeah. Um, but Pokemon Conquest, I just it. For whatever reason, it sounded cool, and I think it might have been because I was getting into more of a strategy mindset and and seeing, oh, here's a strategy game that also involves Pokemon. That seems really interesting. Oh, yeah. And and it totally is. Um, I mean, do you do you want to just uh, kind of set up kind of what the game asks you to do and and kind of how it starts? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, you're you're a young warlord. <laughs> And, uh, uh, I guess you're just trying to conquer all these other kingdoms. Not entirely sure why. I mean, I know the main villain is Nobunaga. Right. The, the game starts, rival. the game starts really quickly. Like, it's it, kind of a cold open in a way. Cause it seems like, yeah, hey, I'm the warlord, I'm the new warlord of this place called Aurora, and... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And then, like, some little punk kid comes over to you and is like, yeah, hey, you you should really think about taking over some other places, because if you don't, you're going to get conquered, you noob. I, I, I don't know. He seems weird. Pretty much what he says, yeah. I think with the horns. <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah, that guy. I forgot his name. Uh, I think it starts with an M, but I don't remember. Um, but then, yeah, this girl oh, comes... Just as an aside, that's one cool thing, is that these are all, all the characters in the game are based on real people. Yeah. Or, or they at least kept their Japanese names, which is nice. Uh, yeah, they are definitely based on real people, and if you if you are a fan of, of the Samurai Warriors games, which are the, the Warriors games that are set in feudal Japan instead of, uh, instead of the Romance of the Three Kingdoms China... Um, like you'll recognize all of these names. Uh, yeah. Like Nobunaga is a character that is totally in those games, and and even he, uh, more than that, like he's designed very much like he is in those games. He's still yeah. in like his purple getup, and he's got his his black, uh, top knotty hair. Um, Hideyoshi, he's in it. Yeah. After him, the uh, dynasty. Uh, or sorry, uh, Warriors Orochi, I guess it is. Yeah, Warriors Orochi and Samurai Warriors are kind of ha- all have those guys in them. Like, uh, who's the who's the guy with like the big blonde lion looking locks? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, Kenji maybe or something like that. But um, like he's he always seems like he's the the face of Samurai Warriors. And yeah. he doesn't actually show up as a playable, or at least not as far as I got. I Maybe he shows up a lot later. Uh, but he's kind of there near the beginning of the game to show you the ropes and say, like, hey, no, you do need to take over other, conquer other lands and, and try to, to help out and, and unify things. And he'll give you, like, a couple quick tutorials. And then I think he comes back, like, once in the game and goes, like, oh, man, you're doing really well. Well, great job. See you later. Yeah, well, he gives you the stones to evolve uh, your Eevee, too. Oh, that's right. He does. You're, you're correct on that. Um, well, some of them, I guess. He gives you thunder, water, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, um, but other than that, I mean, this is a connection I made this time around. Uh, this almost like fighting warlords, like the different kingdoms you go to. Like, each kingdom has a element 
Mm-hmm. So it feels kind of like doing gyms in a way. Oh, it certainly is. Like the, yeah. for as for as much as this is a strategy game, it is also a Pokemon game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Backing up just a touch, like the main the main idea about this game, you're not just taking over uh, lands just to take them over. The idea is that when one warlord conquers the entire landmass and like unifies the whole landmass, which you know the it's it's called Ransai, I think, or Ransay. Um, yeah. It's it's shaped like Arceus, the the legendary yeah, Pokemon Arceus. Uh, it was like, oh, uh, uh, like a, a legendary Pokemon will will show up uh, once the land is unified, and and to the warlord who unifies it, that will be the the one who gets to wield this amazing power. So, like, I, it doesn't even seem like your character is really that you know ambitious to the point where he would want that. But the idea is that you know Nobunaga is, and like he's going to take over the entire landmass and then get this Pokemon and then destroy the world or or enslave the world or, or he's gonna do something really bad. Yeah is, that's is, a good point. Is the setup. You have so. all these people like pushing you along and your character and themselves so just kind of goes are they silent? I think they say a couple things like we did it, that kind of stuff. But for the most part your character is silent and you don't really have a whole lot of options other than choosing which place you're going to go next right yeah you get to say yes no and, and you get to delegate a few things but there aren't really a whole lot of like cut scenes or anything like that yeah. um but yeah you're basically just there to stop nobunaga from conquering the entire land which i guess for whatever reason the only way to do that is by conquering the entire land yourself uh but <laughs> which which seems you know maybe a little aggressive yeah. But whatever. And it also seems like everybody is on Nobunaga's side. Like anyone you're going to attack from one of the other um one of the other kingdoms, one of the other fiefdoms or whatever they're called. Um like they're all they're all like, Oh yeah, we're working for Nobunaga. And and I think there are really only two. It's like the psychic one and the rock guy, uh kind of feel like their own places that, that have their own ambitions and their own uh, goals and and what they want to do and yeah. Well, the, when you do take over the kingdoms, it's kind of like the people like pledge their allegiance to you. So I wonder maybe that's why the people are following Nobunaga. But yeah, I for I sure. Don't think there's really that whole. <laughs> there's not really too much of a story. No, there's not. We're I we're honestly giving it probably more lip service than it deserves. Which is um, kind of unfortunate because like playing through this, I was like, because your character kind of grows a little bit. Like they get better, cooler armor and stuff, and it'd be nice to be like, oh, there's, like, a deeper story here, and, like, my character is growing. Right. I, I mean, I, I think mean, they have to keep that to a minimum because of the the customizable nature of everything. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's honestly where the meat of this game is, is how customizable, how, uh, how you can play this game in so many different ways, and... It, it almost adds like another extra layer of strategy over what a Pokemon game, a regular main series Pokemon game would be. Cause, cause in those games you, you're finding your team of, of six Pokemon. Uh, ideally they'll be of different types with different attacks that, that are able to take on anything. Yeah. And in this game, you do have a team of, of Pokemon and you can have six, um, six battle with you at a time. Um, but each Pokemon, each warlord 
that you have only is able to use a single Pokemon at a time, and you take in six Warlords, uh, and that's where you get your six Pokemon. Right. That And, like, what kind of, like, complicates things or makes them more challenging or uh, just to, like, give it, a, give it another depth? Uh, it seems like, I think, every Pokemon only has one skill, right? Right. Each, each Pokemon only has the one move. Um, Which is kind of cool. It's kind of nice to, like, have to think that much more about it. Right. It makes, it really, um, it really makes the options a little more stringent, but because of the, the limiting factors of that, it actually brings a lot more of the strategy in. Um, like you, like working within those limits is actually really creative. Uh, yeah. and, and when you evolve a Pokemon, Pokemon can still evolve. Um, when they evolve, they'll get a new move they'll, and they'll lose their old move. So, um, like, we, we talked about Eevee. Um, well, Eevee might not be a good... Yeah, okay, Eevee, Eevee will be fine. Um, so, Eevee is the first Pokemon you get because you're... <laughs> All right, we've got to explain another layer of depth here. Each Warlord has a Pokemon type that they are better with than any other type. Um, and your main Warlord, the one that you actually play as, uh, is normal type. Um, so that's that's the one you're you're best with, which kind of sucks. I really I'm really <laughs> upset that I, that's the one that they pick. I, yeah, I, mean, I kind of wish you could. I mean, again, if they were like really trying to build a thing with this, maybe that could be something where it's like you uh, you like spec into like a type. Or something like that. Right, that would be super nice if I could get to that point, but they they don't give you the, that option. Uh, really, yeah. the the way they kind of get around it is by giving you an Eevee, and then you're able to evolve that Eevee down the line into kind of whatever type you want, and still kind of keep the 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 benefits you would have gotten from having the normal Eevee Pokemon. Um, yeah. But yeah, everything else that uh, you want to get, because Warlords can collect other Pokemon. You can only use one at a time for for each warlord, but you can have them get other ones. Uh, so, like, all the other normal Pokemon kind of suck. Like, yeah. Like, you might get yourself, like, a like a Starly or something, and, and man, okay, we need to back up one more time. <laughs> so this game came out in 2012. This game came out after the first black and white. Um, right. And before the second black and white. Black and the first black and white came out March 6, 2011, so that would have been, you know, a year before this. And then black and white two came out October seventh, twenty twelve, so that would have been uh, a few months after uh, after this game came out. But uh, the ent- the game doesn't have the entire. I think at that point it was something like six hundred in the mid six hundreds of the amount of Pokemon that were available. Uh, yeah, it has a good chunk. It, it does have a good chunk, but it doesn't have everybody. You're not going to find like if you have specific favorites. Like I don't think Electabuzz is in is in this game anywhere. Right. Like, it, it shows a weird a weird smattering. They definitely like, did. A lot of dragons. But at the same time, like I feel like they they tried to say, hey, this this family of Pokemon is represented. We don't need the equivalent families in all the other games. So when when you can get something like a Starly, you're not going to see a Pidgey. You're not going to see um, 
like I don't know all the other bullshit normal flying starters, yeah. like early startery Pokemon, like those just aren't going to be there. Um, yeah. So that that's kind of how they get around some of it, and and that's where they make a lot of their cuts. Like hey, we and and also you won't find a ton of Pokemon that don't evolve. I think almost uh, uh, not almost all, but a very good portion of of the uh, the Pokemon available are the ones that can at least uh, get a little something extra somewhere. Um, I'm actually trying to think of one that doesn't evolve. Yeah, because I was going to say something like like that. There's Scyther in there, but you can find a metal coat item and make him a Scyther. Um, that is one weird other thing too: is the evolution and the way you get Pokemon is kind of weird. Uh, I don't hate how it works, which, I mean, my understanding is that you have to defeat something, like, within four turns for them to, like, get on your side. Yeah, um, man, it's not the easiest game to talk about because it does have so many layered mechanics, and I think it makes it um, a somewhat difficult game to get into, even though I think they generally present things in a pretty accessible way. Um, So, yeah, like... Each, when you find a new warlord, they'll already have a Pokemon with them. Like, you're, you're never going to find a loose warlord. Uh, yeah. Now, that warlord might have a Pokemon that they are good with, that they have what the game calls a perfect link with, and those are the Pokemon that they can get the, the best... Um, Those Pokemon will be able to... to interrupt. There's, uh, there's stuff like Articuno and Lapras. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, you're right. Sorry. Um, that, that's good. I would have... I forgot totally about that. Um, but yes, there are... Um, when, when somebody has a perfect link with a Pokemon, that means it can evolve to its final form and, and be the best it can possibly be. Um, and, and that involves, like... I think, actually, each Warlord has only, like, one Pokemon or one Pokemon family that they are, that they have a perfect link with. Uh, maybe not your your Warlord. I think your your character player Warlord can, can have a few different ones that gives you a few options. But, uh, in general, I think everyone is generally the best with only one family of Pokemon. Um, and it's up to you to kind of find those Pokemon and make sure that those warlords are linked with their correct Pokemon. Cause there's no capturing what it is is linking, which is kind of like a, uh, it's just a rhythm game kind of thing where you have to hit the beat in time. Yeah. Um, but you'll actually go out and do these little skirmish battles with regular, uh, unattached Pokemon. They won't have any warlords with them. And, I, I believe the three the three different ways of of getting these Pokemon um, and collecting them for your warlords is to have an attack be or no actually man this game yeah this game yeah, is right. is pretty deep mechanically okay so to get a new uh, Pokemon for your warlord the act the warlord's current Pokemon uh, has to go up in a battle with an unattached Pokemon, and then you say, oh, I want to link with it, and then be friends with it instead of, instead of choosing the option to, to fight it or attack it. Um, and, and if it's their perfect link Pokemon, they can usually link with it in one turn. 
uh, if it's one that's not necessarily their perfect link, like if it's still in their type, uh, in their preferred type, you know, you can you can get it in maybe two, and then if it then there are Pokemon that they can get, but they're not going to be very good with, and then there are Pokemon that they just straight up won't be able to link with at all. Yeah, and like their their percentage. That's the other thing. Is like their per- there's some weird percentage that goes like goes up and down depending on which partner you pick. Right, and and I, I believe the the percentage is like the percentage of link that you can make. Um, so as you're like as you fight with a Pokemon and win battles and and continue on and get experience, that raises the link between the Warlord and the Pokemon, which will then upgrade the Pokemon's stats. So when when I can only get a fifty percent maximum link with a Pokemon, that means that Pokemon can only get up to so high of a of a stat. Uh, increase. So right. yeah, so finding so finding the Pokemon like that. they perfect link with will let them get a hundred percent of that link, which will then get them to the highest evolution and the highest uh, amount of stats and, and power that they can be. Yeah. Um, now, when you were talking about beating something in four turns, that applies to the Warlords that you can uh. get. So uh, to get the Warlords, because while there will be some loose Pokemon on these turn-based battlefields, uh, these Final Fantasy Tactics-looking diorama-style battlefields, um, there are also Warlords that already have Pokemon that will be out there as well. And, and some of them are just loose guys that you can pick up, and some of them will be in the kingdoms, the specific kingdoms that you have to... Uh, defeat them, and then they can potentially be recruited afterward. Um, and the way to recruit those guys, there are three different ways. One of them is, like you said, beating beating them in four turns, which um, I, it, I would say it's probably the second most uh, most way that I got them, the second most useful way. Um, the one that seemed the hardest to me was beating beating a Warlord before any of your Pokemon get hurt. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, so if you don't take any damage, you can still get things over four turns later. Like if I, I like first you do the rush, and like if I can rush and beat whoever I need to in four turns, I can recruit them and everything's fine. Um, if it goes after four turns, maybe you need to hope that you haven't gotten hurt yet. Uh, but then the one that's the easiest one, it's the one that I found I did the most often, was all you need to do is defeat them with a super effective attack. Oh. Um, okay. Which even that is kind of, I mean, again, going back to the one skill kind of thing, it's like not the easiest thing. Right. Ever. And that's that's where some of the strategy comes from in that, yeah. okay, I, I can see that like, you can kind of get a preview of the battle of what you're about to do. So it's like, okay, I see this skirmish hey, there's a guy with this dragon Pokemon that I really like, and I want to make sure I get this Warlord with this dragon Pokemon. I better take in some ice with me. Um, yeah. So you have your Warlords that have your, their ice Pokemon, and, and if you can defeat them with a, a super effective attack, or defeat them in four turns, or defeat them without any of your Pokemon being injured, um, you can get them. Um, all right, so that's that's one thing, and I think... If, if you are still listening to this and haven't fallen asleep or, or haven't turned it off, you're, you're getting an idea of how complex some of this stuff can be. 
there are also, when you go to the different kingdoms, you will face higher-tiered generals. Um, so there are, there are the gray... Uh, you'll see some of the, the general warlord guys that you can get will have like a gray box around them. And that just means they're kind of regular warlords. Um, they'll reuse a lot of their... Um, a lot of those warlord designs... Um, they'll all have different names, but you'll see like, oh man, I've got two of the of the girl who's blushing, uh, or yeah. or like, hey, there's a ton of of the guy who kind of looks like a samurai. Um, but then there will be special warlords that will be in a gold box, and those are all unique. And those are, I think, all of them are the ones that you'll find in the Samurai Warriors games. Um, and, and the ones that actually are real historical people in, in some form or another. Um, I, I can right, at least... Those are, the, those are the kind of like uh, Keiji, uh, Hideyoshi, those kind of people. Right, yeah. So like Nobunaga is going to be in, in one of those gold boxes, so you know that like, he's he's a main guy. Now, yeah. now those guys are are even a little bit more difficult to get, because if you just defeated them in one way... Uh, it they will they will go off somewhere quote unquote um, is is what they tell you in game that hey yeah you defeated them but then they left uh, so what usually happens is uh, when you when you go to a new castle or go to a new kingdom and and fight a cam a story campaign you will if you win almost all of those generals warlords will will go off somewhere and you won't be able to recruit them right away um and then they'll eventually randomly show up uh around the map in in some skirmish mode where you're able to find them again and and face them again in the hopes of recruiting them and and the way to recruit them uh you need to make sure that you beat them with a another gold boxed warlord and I had a hell of a time figuring that out because I don't think they specifically lay that out to you at any point in the game. Uh, so there was a time yeah. where I am just trying. At one point, I thought, okay, if it's not if it's not one of these tactics, because I beat him with a super effective attack, or I beat him within four turns, and I wasn't, I still wasn't getting them. This is bullshit. I I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And then I, I I had this thought like maybe I need to do all three at the same time like I need to beat them within four turns with a super effective attack without being hurt, and so even I did that, and it still said they went off somewhere and I just I had to turn off the game for a night and I went, this is this is so <laughs> yeah. stupid I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do, and then and just it, offhandedly I went online and just looked it up and it was like yeah as long as you beat it with a gold uh, a gold. Uh, box uh general then then they can be recruited yeah yeah i mean it's weird because this is i mean still it's a, a kid's game it's a pokemon game yeah so it's and uh the difficulty too is kind of up there like, it's surprisingly parts of it are surprisingly difficult like right when you start out i think the fire kingdom like mm-hmm. kick my ass the dude just had something stupid too and it was like me well, it's it's like you mentioned previously. Each kingdom has a specific Pokemon type that they use, um, and and even the land, the kingdom will kind of have a cutesy name that will uh, tie into that type. 
Um, I, I like the Ice Kingdom. I think is called Glacia. So all right, yeah. called Fontaine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you you kind of get that idea. Uh, the the reason the game has spikes like that, uh, especially at the beginning of the game, is because you have an Eevee. You have a normal type Eevee. Um, the the girl that you meet, who you later find out, here's a spoiler here, so if you really care, which you don't because the story doesn't matter, uh, the the girl that you meet at the beginning who helps you out, she's actually Nobunaga's sister. Uh, she has a Jigglypuff, uh, who also a normal type. And at kind of at the beginning of the game, that's all you really get. Yeah, you get double slap, and Eevee has, like, what? Quick attack. attack. Yeah. So you don't get much in the way of of moves or anything like that. And the first battle that you really go up to, the the, re, the first real one, is in this Fire Kingdom. The name I can't remember. Um, it's like Infern something. Yeah, Ignis. Yeah, Ignis. There you go. Um, so... The first battle that you have is against fire guys, and and they've got like a Bidoof, and uh, uh, which isn't a fire type. But then they also have like a, a is it the it's the Chimchar and like a fuck. Oh, I it's uh, the, the like little red thing. Like... Eh, shit, I don't remember. Anyway, anyway. But, but yeah, I mean it's it's two fire Pokemon and a Bidoof and. It, you'll just get, even though they're not super effective against you and you're not super effective against them, it's still hard because they yeah. are just kind of better quality Pokemon. Yeah, it's like a matter of numbers. Is... Yeah, so for, for me, I, I, I lost in the first match that I that I fought. Um, yeah. And it's it's not because it's, it's... It's because it's kind of hard because you just don't have the type advantages because you've never gotten the opportunity to have the type advantages. Um, but as you keep playing, you'll keep recruiting new, um, new warlords and new Pokemon. And I think the game gets significantly easier over like the first half of the game. Yeah, um, you definitely hit a stride. Um, but then it kind of spikes again, like you were saying. Like I had trouble with the. Uh, there's a dude with a Zoroark, whatever. That kind of gave me some trouble. Yeah, for sure. I you'll, you'll get to a point. Um, so this game really does have three three specific spikes that I found, and and one is at the very beginning when you're fighting the fire fireplace. Um, the second one is right at the kind of halfway point of the game. So in terms again, like you're you're on this landmass that looks like Arceus, that that four legged deer kind of looking legendary Pokemon. Uh, you started as like his rear foot, and then you are then you kind of build from there. So when you get to about, like, the, the torso of Conquering Lands, like, that's the halfway point in the game, uh, that's when you face... I, I think you have the choice of either facing off against the Rock guys or the Psychic guys. Yeah. And once you beat one of them, I think the other one just comes along for the ride and you kind of celebrate in a halfway point of the game and everyone's happy and it seems like, man... I've collected everything, but those matches are hard. Uh, I, I think they, the psychic one is hard because those are really difficult Pokemon. And I think the only thing you've really been given that can face them is bugs. Uh, cause dark comes dark and ghosts come way later in the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you'll have a couple bugs, uh, who, who suck stat wise oh, yeah. and, and you'll just get railed. Um, 
or you go against the the rock guys who you should have a lot more stuff against because you you get water and grass really early um and and fighting i think too like you'll get all those really early but those pokemon for that kingdom are a hell of a lot stronger yeah um, so you at that point that's kind of that second spike and and yeah i got bodied again i had to face the psychic guy like two or three different times and and one of the hardest parts is that like that the the head psychic guy has a galaday yeah. um who's psychic fighting so even even that like even when i could find some moves that were somewhat super effective i don't like man he was so powerful yeah, and, uh, and there will be parts too where you're you got like still with your like Eevee and stuff. You're fighting like Scraggy and like uh, Onyx and like stuff that like kind of outclasses you. And it's just like, uh, all right, I guess we're doing this. Yeah, and at that first half of the game, if you haven't gotten, like, if you because fighting's another early one, uh, and fighting's going to give you a ton of trouble because yeah. your your main guy needs to be in those matches. And I think if your main guy's in the matches, the girl also needs to be in those matches, too. Uh, so they end up taking up two of your slots with an Eevee and a Jigglypuff, which are going to be awful against beach. fighting Pokemon. Yeah, fight. um, now, you can you can get other Pokemon with them. I think the, the one I found with the girl that, that worked out really well was Wooper. Um, so you get a nice water ground. and She gets a Shinx, too, I think. Uh, yeah, I think she can. She totally can. Um so I used Wooper quite a bit, who who gets like a water gun that can hit a couple different squares. Uh, that's one of the cool things, and we'll have to talk about that in a little bit. Like each of the Pokemon's moves actually does a significantly different effect and and hits a different range of of tiles uh, when you're actually doing the attack. Um, so yeah, like when I was when I was able to at least get her on a Wooper uh, that then evolved into a Quagsire later, like that that at least didn't let me die against the fighting yeah. types. And then I was able to get a Starly. Uh, and even though Starly kind of sucks because it uses quick attack, because all the type advantages are still there. Like yeah. if I, if I use like quick attack is a normal move. So even though Starly is a normal flying Pokemon who you think might be able to have a slight advantage over a fighting Pokemon, it yeah. still doesn't have a flying move uh, until right. you, until you get it up to uh, the second one, Star Avia who has wing attack and, and then like, once you have that, then you'll be killing the fighting Pokemon in no time. Sure. Um, but that is, that is what kind of makes those battles easier is that you are able to, like once you're able to get some warlords and different Pokemon, you can only bring six of them into a battle at once, but you have this, this really large army of people that you can choose from as long as you keep collecting people. So you can get to a point where you take in six Pokemon that all have type advantages, uh, advantages, uh, advantages over, um, over whatever you're facing. Um, and, and they'll try to make it a little hard by also throwing in a Pokemon, uh, on the, on the opposing team that has, you know, an advantage for your advantage. Like they'll yeah. have, they'll have the rock to your scissors as you try to fight paper. Yeah. Uh, so, so you'll probably need to take in a, a semi-balanced team, but for the most part, like you can just take in if you're facing the the uh, the grass place, like take in all your fire guys, uh, and yeah, yeah, they might have one that has a water thing. So you know, I guess take in one 
uh, you know, like maybe taking a flying Pokemon too, because that would uh, get around that type advantage. But right. yeah, um, like you'll uh, there's it's really complex. <laughs> Surprisingly, uh, that's that's kind of why I'd like to see them like revisit this, maybe even do like a console version. Uh, like, I mean, like I said, to like maybe do a bit of a better story. I mean, again, the story isn't horrible. It's you know, it's go eat these people, but the characters are interesting. I guess. I mean, kind of typical anime tropes of like, oh, excited guy, a uh, guy that is strong. Right. It you it know, is. It be, if they expanded on it. Could be. They they certainly could. I don't know if I completely trust Koei Tecmo to, to be able to Gosh, pull something off like that. Sure, uh, sure. It, it seems like the only reason we get any sort of personality out of uh, Dynasty Warriors as characters is because they're actually going from a story that's happened. Like, they're, they're taking some history slash historical fiction that's already out there and yeah. just kind of putting their animators to it. Um, but... I mean, yeah, I would. I think this would be a really great game for for a console version, um, where you could see, like, you could actually bring in kind of the the Pokemon Stadium slash Coliseum three uh, D models that that would look really nice, and and you, you could do something really cool with it, especially on something like the Wii U, where I can keep all of my uh, strategic battle information on the on the touchpad. Yeah. And then have all the nice, bright, beautiful stuff up on the screen. Yeah. Um, it, it it seems like a great idea uh, at this point. Like the Wii U is in enough dire straits, and the uh, and Pokemon Conquest is such a forgotten game. Yeah. Uh, I, I doubt we'll see it, but uh, unfortunately, it, it yeah. is it is something that would be nice to dream about. Um, yeah. I so mean, even for being a slightly older game, though, it's like the graphics are like charming. Uh, your Pokemon kind of, like, dance in place as you're, like, thinking about your next move, that kind of stuff. And it's cool to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially you, when you... Uh, when you point perspective, I guess. Yeah, and when you consider that uh, Pokemon games at that point, like, we're in black and white territory, it's still uh, it's still these 2D sprites that, that you know, yeah. have a little bit of, of 3D stuff when you're in the, when you're in the world. Uh, but it, it's still mainly just 2D sprites. Like, these... These Pokemon at least have a little depth. Now they're still pixely, and, yeah. and um, I believe they're actually still two D sprites. But they have they they look like they have a little bit more depth to them. Plus, in in cutscenes and uh, and uh, and menus, uh, they have really nice art for all the uh, all the different Pokemon and all the different warlords that that have like a really nice looking clean anime look to it. Yeah, pretty decent armor. Uh, we talked about this before we started again, but it's like kind of going back to the whole like there's not a whole lot of information about this game. Like I was trying to see like who was the character artist, and it's just not really out there like that kind of information. But yeah. Then, I, then you said it was kind of the same dudes that did the Dynasty Warriors art. I think I read that is like the the Samurai Warriors three guys, uh, the character artist there like made the art, and then the the I believe. I believe Ken Sugimori is is the main Pokemon artist, and uh, don't don't necessarily quote me on that, but I believe that's the case. I, I think he went and touched up some of the designs uh, to just keep them in the Pokemon realm. Yeah, um, uh, there's kind of a weird dissonance between the like 
people in the armor, and then the, the Pokemon are kind of like the simplistic shapes that they always are, but it's not bad. I mean, the Pokemon has some cool, like, action-y poses and that kind of stuff, and they kind of react along with their, uh... I mean, because the, the story is told through these, like, little dialogue boxes with reactions of the character, whoever's speaking. Yeah, and, like the... Uh, the Pokemon kind of react with their owner. So it's, I mean, you get some cool, interesting... Oh, I never seen a Zubat do that before. Right. Uh, I think that's specifically for the the gold box generals, the ones that yeah. Um, yeah. that have a little bit more meaning. They'll yeah. have like vignette little scenes where it's yeah, it's it's them in their armor with their Pokemon jumping around them. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can definitely go into the menus and see uh, what all the warlords look like, and then what all the Pokemon you have look like, um, and. It's it is a it's some really pretty art. They they were able to stuff a lot of really nice art in there. If you're a if you're a Pokemon fan, um, yeah. All right. Well, let's get in a little bit to the specific Pokemon that you can use uh, and and kind of how they work. So we talked about how um, each Pokemon has a single move for each of their evolutions. And uh, like another an example that we kind of talked about before was the way that Starly starts out with Quick Attack, which is a normal move, um, and then when you evolve it to Staravia, it gets Wing Attack, which is a flying move, and then when it goes to its final evolution of Star Raptor, it uh, gets Brave Bird, which which works similarly to the way it does in a mainline Pokemon game in that it does a ton of damage but it also hurts uh, the user Pokemon a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's kind of interesting how they were able to translate some of these moves into into Pokemon Conquest and and kind of retain some of their, their signature ideas and, and kind of what the concept is for them, but then also see how does this, how's this move translate to uh, a a 3d grid yeah exactly like uh i think was that high jump kick or something back like that you need a space to actually move back and then you'd kind of like charge forward or dash forward so right you need like you need like three spaces around you like one forward the space you're occupying and then a space behind you that you can like execute mm-hmm. and, and those are really the most interesting moves uh, i mean the 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 most common move is still let me get right up in the face of whoever yeah, I'm, I'm facing hours. and then and then attack. So yeah, your quick attacks, your your bite, your faint attack, like all, all of those kinds of things, like just get right up next to it, hit the fight button. If you're touching if your tile is touching the the one that you're trying to hit, then you're gonna get the hit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then you think of something like um, like Darumaka, the the kind of fire owl Pokemon. And its its move is uh, is it I think it's Flame Wheel, and yeah, yeah. it it will be able to skip skip a tile, jump a tile to to then hit a hit the Pokemon next to it. So um, it's almost it's it's got a bit of a chess feel, which I mean I guess most strategy games like this are going to feel like, but uh, it feels even a little bit more like a chess game because your different Pokemon really act like different pieces and, and have different amounts that they can move and then have different ranges in the way their attacks hit. 
Um, yeah. and, and it really brings out the strategy of it. So kind of like the way you'd have a knight in chess where, you know, it has to move in that L pattern. There are Pokemon, uh, like, uh, well, I, I evolved my Eevee into a Jolteon, and uh, it gets Thunderbolt. And what Thunderbolt do- does, if you can think of, uh, if you think of, like, a chessboard and you think Jolteon's on one space, uh, it's on the white space, then th- when you use Thunderbolt, you'll skip over the black space directly in front of him, and then the three spaces in front of that, so the, the black, white, black that would be in front of of that, so the two spaces in front of your Jolteon, it will hit all three of those spaces. Uh, which can be really helpful, because it, it, yeah. it, it can hit from a lot Status. of different places. Uh, now, the problems come in is that it hits in a lot of different places at the same time. So you need to be careful with the way your other Pokemon are positioned that you aren't hitting your own Pokemon with the move. Yeah. Um, and then you also need to be uh, aware of the fact that you can get boxed in because uh, there, yeah, yeah. there are some obstacles on these battlefields uh, and, and whether it's something like water that only your water Pokemon will be able to cross uh, or lava that your fire Pokemon will be able to cross or, or something that your flying Pokemon will be able to fly over. Uh, a Pokemon like Jolteon, you know, if it's across a river... Like, it can't cross that, yeah. and and then if somebody gets in its face, it can't directly attack the thing in front of it, because it, it has to attack in that, in that three-square uh, space that's two blocks ahead of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you can totally get boxed in and not be able to hit anything. Uh, and that's really bad for, for one of the, the kind of stronger Pokemon in the game that... Uh, is is useless because of how its attack hits. It's uh it's Rhyperior, which is the the Ry the Rhyhorn Rhydon evolution. Um, he's a really badass looking Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. problem is in this game his one move is Rock Wrecker, which in the Pokemon games, in the mainline Pokemon games is also not very strong, uh, because it misses a lot. Uh, yeah. but in, in this one, it hits like two or three spaces in front of it, which is really great range, except, you know, a lot of Pokemon are just going to run right up on it, and it doesn't have a really big movement range. I think it can only move two spaces in any direction. So a lot of Pokemon could just run it down and whittle it away because it can't get far enough away where it can use Rock Wrecker effectively. And even when it does use Rock Wrecker... Uh, the thing with that move is you can't attack again the next turn, so you'll really have that trouble. Now, now usually, if you can hit that attack, it's a one-hit kill, especially on something weaker. Um, yeah, yeah. Because right here, it kind of comes out, of, out at a point where you're still with, like, first or second levels. Right, for sure. So it's, it's kind of a good tool to have, but at the same time, it's kind of give to Yeah, and as you continue playing that game, like, that that Pokemon in particular will get weaker and weaker where you probably just want to use something else because it's not going to be as screwed strategically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, let, let me ask you, like there, there are a really good amount of Pokemon in this game, even though there aren't the, the full complement of them. Um, yeah. What ones did you find that you really liked 
liked using for, for moves or, or type advantage or that kind of stuff? Uh, well, I used a Vaporeon. Okay. Partially just because I didn't really have a good water one in the Bleachy and stuff like that. Uh, the girl that you start with has the Shinx. Right. Uh, and then I had the Charmeleon, which acted as my fire. Um, yeah, I didn't, like, do a whole lot of, like, side collecting and that kind of stuff. I just kind of, like, charged through the store this time just because, like, we were doing this. Um, but, yeah, like, there's a Ryobu. It was kind of nice. That was cool. I I, uh, I found the same the same kind of things. Like I was running, I was trying to run through this game pretty quickly so we could have this podcast, yeah. and and it seems like there is a lot here to dig into if you are a huge fan of this game. Which yeah, you know, if you can get through, if you can get past the uh, the kind of esoteric menus and. The, just some of the things that kind of waste your time unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to love about this game, and you'll find yeah, some there's things. There's a lot of kind of like send this warlord back to this town and let them like raise your Pokemon and that kind of stuff, which I didn't really bother with. Yeah, I mean there are some quicker things like you're able to uh, if you're if your player character player warlord is in a town, you have to make all the decisions for that town slash kingdom slash whatever, um, yeah. but for all the other towns around you, you can choose to delegate to another warlord uh, that just says, hey, all I want you to do is train, and and they'll get marginally better scores, but you don't actually have to go in and and do all the battles yourself. Um, so the, each, each turn in this game, each turn in this kind of general metagame is a year, a year's time. And when you use that year, you can have multiple battles in one year, but you can really only have one battle per um, per stage. And each kingdom has one or two different stages within them. Yeah, right. It's a lot of it's a lot of information. Um, so yeah. as you keep collecting land masses, you will be able to have tur- turns or years that last long periods of time because you can just go in if you want to and specifically find the right Pokemon for each of your warlords, find the perfect links that work, uh, and then grind those Pokemon up until they evolve and then keep grinding them to to get them to be the most powerful things. Um, You don't have to do a lot of that because throughout a good portion of the game, it's generally kind of easy because you'll be able to at least have decent enough Pokemon that have type advantages over whatever you're looking for, over whatever you're about to face. Uh, But when you do get to the spikes that you'll find at the very beginning of the game, in that very center of the game, and then at the very end of the main campaign, when you face Nobunaga, um, like, that that was the hardest spike of all for me. Like, that's where I got to the point where I had to put the game down and, you know, we had to do the podcast because I wasn't able to finish it in time. But, um like you face his dragons and yeah. his dragons are fucking suck. Like he uses Zekrom, the, the dragon, uh, electricity Pokemon, and he will kill you. Yeah, um, totally. And it, it, again, it's like, what are your choices? Cause there's no fairy types, right? There's no fairy. Cause that hadn't been, uh, been brought in yet. Um, finding dragons is hard because, uh, usually the p- kinds of Pokemon that you'll find are, uh, that correlate to the, the type that is the main one for the the kingdom. 
So if you want to find more Fire-type Pokemon, you should do more skirmish matches in Ignis, because that's where you'll find your Charmanders and, and whatevers. Um, yeah. So you're not going to find Dragon Pokemon that will have the type advantage over Dragon, uh, nice. except for Dragnor, which is the place that you haven't taken over yet, so you can't actually do any of the skirmish matches. And then, yeah, you said Ice... And the problem with that is the the Glacia place is probably the the uh, the kingdom that you faced just before Dragnor. So, because it is it is one of the latest in the game. Yeah. So, you, your opportunity, like your early op, earliest opportunity to get somewhat decent ice Pokemon, is in the stage right before you face Nobunaga. So that leads right. to a ton of extra grinding. Yeah, yeah, and it just like, ah, man. There's the game. Ah, game really pissed me off at the end there because I felt like I I had found a couple of decent ice Pokemon and just grinding them up was going to be such a task. Yeah, yeah. It gets to the point where it's like. Eh. Plus, one of the better ice Pokemon is uh, Sfeel, Cielo, Whalerin, That that family. Yeah, and. That sucks because they're also water. And if you're right. facing big bad electricity Zekrom, he's still going to murder you. Yeah. So, it just man, that game, that game gets rough. Yeah. And, I um, mean, there's like the snow run Glally, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so I've uh, never seen them. I and don't really remember. Cub Chew and then Bear Arctic, or yeah. I, I don't know how to say that, that, that Pokemon's name, Bee Arctic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, like you'll you'll get a couple decent ones, uh, but yeah, you'll still have to grind out, and and it it was just going to add so much extra time to my game that I I just couldn't go through with it. Now I, I've I've read and and seen that after you uh, get through that main story campaign, like that's that's when you unite the land and you'll find Arceus and you can link with Arceus who. Is a is a legendary normal type, so your uh, your hero uh, player character he'll fit right in, um, and then I guess uh, like Nobunaga decides that having one awesome legendary dragon isn't enough, so then he gets a Rayquaza, and black and red, and then is it a shiny Rayquaza? Yeah. It's oh shit, red. that's pretty cool. Um, and so then you'll face uh, face him with your Arceus and and have that kind of final showdown. And um, apparently the the post game is like really it's like a whole other thing. Yeah, like the post game like, gets even deeper. So yeah, yeah. Another kind of shitty thing is that when you when you have the first um, in the first half of the game when you take over kingdoms, you'll be able to still recruit those gold box generals. Uh, in the second half of the game, you'll kind of face more of, like, Nobunaga's inner circle. And until you defeat Nobunaga himself, none of those guys will be recruited by you at all. Like, you, you won't even be able to find them after you face them in, the, in, the, in their own home kingdoms. Um, so, like, you're still just kind of... You'll only have, like, so many of the really good generals, and then you kind of have to have the, the lesser generals um, kind of support your team. And it just... It makes the game really hard. But then all of those generals, I, I guess, unlock after you, you beat the, 
beat the main story campaign, and then you'll be able to collect all of those those generals and get their really good Pokemon along with them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, another cool thing, and, and it's something that we haven't mentioned, is um, this game does retain a lot of the the Pokemon qualities. Now, we talked about, like, type advantages uh, and how... Uh, each each of the Pokemon moves that you that the Pokemon has, like the one Pokemon move they have, is is a move that is kind of their signature move um, from the Pokemon. Um, like like Dratini will have Dragon Rage, which is kind of the move that you'd kind of expect it to have. Yeah. Magikarp has Splash, like you'd expect it to have, um, which can kind of suck for dual type Pokemon. Whereas, like again, if we're if we want to get some ice guys to take down those dragons at the end of the game, you know, maybe a Sneasel would be good because, oh, having that ice would be great and, and I can get one earlier because uh, Sneasel can be found in the Dark Kingdom. Uh, but Sneasel only knows Faint Attack. Yeah, got a Dark Attack. So that's not going to help you at all. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't yeah. know what happens when you evolve it into Weavile or, or Weevil, um, because I never ended up getting one. I never ended up getting the razor claw that allows you to to evolve your Sneasel to Weevil. But I have a feeling it's probably another dark attack and and not an ice attack. Yeah. Um, Just to like play off that a little bit, uh, this game isn't too much even about like collecting them all. There's no like Pokédex. No. Yeah. Not that I saw anyway. There's nothing really pushing you to like try and get more. It's just it's more like defeat the kingdoms kind of stuff. Right. It's definitely a game that's more focused on getting the right Pokemon for your warlords instead of yeah. getting all the Pokemon. Um, yeah. Which which does kind of suck because when I found a... When there were Pokemon that I really wanted and, and saw that I thought were cool, most of them I, I still... I didn't have the right guy who would link with it perfectly, or it was a Pokemon that was already attached to a warlord that wasn't any good for it. Uh, so I found a Riolu and I was like, Oh man, it'd be really great to have him and then level it up to Lucario. But the, the warlord who had it, his preferred type wasn't even fighting type. Uh, it wasn't fighting. It wasn't steel. So it was going to be kind of useless to get this one with Riolu. And then I found another one that had a dragon, and I thought, oh man, this is going to be so great, I can have a dragon to face Nubunaga near the end of the game, and, you know, it, it was it was, a, it was a guy who didn't specialize in dragon types, and this, this dragon would never get up to a point where it could face, uh, face one of the Pokemon that I was going to be facing when I, when I took on Nobunaga. So that kind of that kind of sucks. You you kind of have to divorce yourself from caring uh, about specific Pokemon and just kind of look for the ones that you know are going to jive with the right warlords. Um, but one of the other things that I wanted to mention is that uh, like the Pokemon still retain their abilities from from Black and White and from from previous Pokemon games and yeah. and. Uh, when I say abilities, I mean like, uh, mean like levitate or shed skin or those kinds of things. So, uh, like one of them, Scrafty, uh, has shed skin. So, uh, in it works just like it does in other Pokemon games. When there's a status effect applied to Scrafty, 
um, there's like a 30% chance every turn that he'll just lose that satisfaction effect with, without any problem. It won't, uh, so if he's poisoned, you know, there's a 30% chance that he won't be poisoned anymore at the end of that turn. Um, and, and to just speak to the depth too, I guess, I mean, I'm looking at Cerebi, but uh, apparently each Pokemon has like three different abilities. So I guess somehow you can change it or maybe just find them randomly. Oh, okay. I, so yeah, I don't know if that would be, they would have, uh, like, hidden second abilities, second and third abilities, like they sometimes do in the Pokemon games, or if it would be you can find... Maybe you can just find versions of that Pokemon that have a different ability than the than the one that it's generally supposed to have, or something like that. Yeah. I wonder. Um, but then another layer of depth is that the Warlords also have their own ability that you can use once yeah. per... Uh, once per battle. And and so it it gets really deep in okay, let's find the right warlord that has the right type of of uh boosting ability. Uh like the one the one that I seem to be a big fan of is the uh is the one that just raises your attack a ton for one yeah. turn. because uh, it it's really nice to just have that boost of man, I need to take out this one Pokemon on the board right now because it's it's going to just wreck everything else that I got. Uh, so if I can put on, like, hey, power boost this Pokemon for this one turn, I'm going to hit it with everything I have. Um, like th- those are helpful. There are other ones that uh, have abilities that any Pokemon in the, uh, in the direct range around, like any square, any touching square to the, to the Pokemon that you have, like that will raise their um, raise their accuracy to a hundred percent, or raise their uh, defense for three turns, or something like that. Um, so there's a lot of balancing finding the right warlord that can also use the right Pokemon that has the right style of move that can hit the right spaces, and it it makes it a really really deep game. Um, but it also makes it a game that requires a lot of time out of the player for you to find those perfect matches. Yeah. yeah. And and while it doesn't always absolutely require you to, to, to have the perfect setup against each warlord or each kingdom, um, there are those difficulty spikes where, man, you really do need to have a somewhat perfect team to go up against some of these guys. And so all the strategy stuff that we've talked about, that's not even mentioning the environmental um, obstacles that, that are on the actual battlefields. Like we did talk yeah. about, we did talk about um, the water or the lava. Uh, there are also like poison uh, pools that if you, that you can move your Pokemon through without a problem. But if you stop a Pokemon in there for a turn, they'll be instantly poisoned or something like that. But there are, there are rocks that get in your way that can be destroyed, but there are also, um, terrain levels and, you know, you can, your Pokemon can attack a different Pokemon. That's one terrain level higher, but it can't attack one. That's two or more terrain levels higher. Um, there are statues that, that move in between turns that can box your Pokemon in. Um, 
which it seems like they just do on purpose because it always happens to me, damn it, and never to the opponent's Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I kind of like to see some of that stuff in the mainline games. Like, um, there's one, is it the Psychic Place? And, the, like, the point is kind of not to defeat everyone, but to, like, capture these, like, banners or flags before the other. Yeah, there is kind of a second game type to, to some of the matches. Yeah, and, like, there would be times where they, like, you'd randomly get teleported out, or if, like, uh, here's, like, this this steel place if the camera saw you, you'd, like, get sent to, like, a, was it, like, a prison kind of thing or something like that? So it'd be kind of cool to see the more, like, traps in the gyms and that kind of stuff, like, just to mix it up. Right, yeah, that that would be interesting. Like, right now, the mainline Pokemon games, they kind of have the weather effects, or you have something like toxic spikes or things that you can lay down as a move, but there aren't many... Like actual things that you have to worry about in the gyms themselves once you get into a match. Uh, like the the gyms in in mainline Pokemon games are more like puzzles that you go through until you can get to the the gym battle. Uh, yeah. But when you actually get to those battles, they're just they're just Pokemon battles at that point. Right. Um, but in yeah, in this game, you actually have to take into account a lot of the environmental stuff as well. Um, so like the the one that probably gave me the hardest time is, is one of the ones you mentioned. It's the psychic one. Um, because yeah, it does have these teleporters. It has eight teleporters around the field and each, each pair of teleporters will take you back and forth, but they'll switch up where those teleporters take you every one or two turns or something like that. And it can really screw you up on getting your Pokemon to the right place at the right time. Um, and in that battle specifically, and the reason I had to, to retry it a few different times is that second game type where you, uh, like you can just do the conquest of I need to kill or I need to knock out every Pokemon, um, on the field to win. There's also that, that type of like this capture the flag, um, or not capture the flag, but like, um, I'm trying to think of like what the Call of Duty term for for it is. Um, headquarters, I think, uh, where, where you yeah. just have to take over each of the four flags, or, or it's like conquest in like uh, in Star Wars Battlefront or something like that, where uh, you have to uh, just take over all of the different sections, which are denoted by flags. So in that one, if you're actually on a flag tile that you own your Pokemon will gain some life back, gain some HP back. Right. So, yeah. so what this motherfucker did, uh, the, the, uh, the, the head guy, the guy with the Galladay, uh, he would just sit on his flag. And when I could finally get enough Pokemon to go over there and attack him, the attacks that I would do, because I didn't have anything that was super effective against Psychic at the time, except for my crappy little bugs that still didn't do enough damage on their own, um, he would gain all of his life back each turn just by sitting on his ass on the uh, on the flag. And I got it to a point where he couldn't move, but he also didn't want to move. And I... Yeah, yeah. And the what I hate the most about this game, and and they have to have this feature because of situations just like this one. Uh, every battle has um, has a turn limit. And usually right, yeah, yeah. it's around 15 to 25. Uh, 
so in this one, like he was just able to wait out the clock because I wasn't able to do enough damage on any given turn to knock his Pokemon out before he would be able to regain it through just being on the flag. Yeah. And it sucked. It was the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of that kind of stuff. Was it like Final Fantasy Tactics or, I don't really think so. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely like a weird kind of artificial time limit. And and a lot of them seem quick. Uh, I mean, Honestly, this happens a lot where in games where I just feel I, I never like being timed. I hate yeah. being timed in games in general. I like to explore. I like to to take my time with things. Yeah. Um, and, and even though I was able to defeat pretty much anything, I, I, I did eventually beat the Psychic um, Kingdom, um, and it wasn't a problem because he just changed up his tactics and had his Galladay move out of the the uh, the flag at one point, and I was able to take the flag and and then uh, bear down on him with a bunch of Pokemon, and he wasn't able to gain life back anymore, so I eventually got to him. But, um, uh, like, a lot of the, a lot of the matches that you face, you don't, you won't need all those turns. Like, you'll, you'll win with still, like, ten turns remaining. Uh, yeah. I just don't like the idea that I'm, uh, that I am being timed at any point. Yeah, um, sure. So that did bother me. Uh, even though it really wasn't that big of a deal, uh, I just felt like the pressure that I didn't want of of having that there. Yeah, but it's like if if there wasn't that turn limit, like how long would some of these matches go on? Because uh, like your one of your followers, uh, Warlord Powers or whatever, is like full of restore. Or is it? I guess it's not full of restore, but it's like give thirty HP to the whole team. Yeah, and so it's like if you're kind of stalled anyway, and then you did that on top of like being stalled. It's like some of these matches could go. And there, I wish there was kind of like a speed up button. Like the Shin Megami games have that like mm-hmm. fast, I don't know if it's a fast forward or auto attack, I guess they call it, but it kind of just like ups the speed so you don't have to watch everything move and slow. Like, oh, it's one space. Yeah, space, like in the in, a, in Persona, isn't it? Like the, the rush attack? Yeah, well, that and just like kind of just to speed things up, like, so I don't have to watch like a little dude. Like, yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, I, I get what you mean. Like, hop down couple squares and then see the full animation of the attack every single time yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah even like the mainline pokemon games have the ability to turn off the battle animation and to turn up right. the tech speed and and you'll be able to fly through some battles like that yeah, yeah um, exactly. so i wish there was that um uh, and, but also to to your point, uh, where where battles can take even longer. So there are the abilities that that can gain some HP back, but then they also have items that you can equip to each Pokemon as well, or each Warlord. Um, and there is like a full restore item that can just completely gain all your life back for for your one Pokemon. I don't think it works for all of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that can that can add in a bunch of extra time. Um, but but for a player, a strategy game player like me who prefers a slower paced strategy game, kind of like a, more like a chess. Uh, I I appreciate the ability to do my chicken shit turtling and just kind of slowly wear an opponent down. Like you've played me in Advance Wars, I'm pretty good, and that's because yeah. I always play as as Grit, the long the long range guy, and I'll just set up a bunch of high powered tanks in front, and then always have a ton of artillery in the back. And uh, and so even though my my direct fighting tanks are pretty weak because that's the trade off you get with grit, 
um, I have an extra, I have a, a longer range on my artillery and I'll just wipe out anything and just kind of slowly move forward in a very, um, in a very deliberate, uh, uh, way that, uh, that's tough to, that's tough to take down. Um, so I do kind of appreciate Pokemon Conquest having that, that limit on turns. So it makes you be a little bit more aggressive. It makes you take some risks. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it really doesn't jive with my, with my strategy in general, with the way yeah, I, totally. I generally take it. strategy game. It's kind of like, let me, let me strategize. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Pokemon Conquest. Uh, I know we haven't done a great job of explaining this. I'm sure there are definitely more streamlined ways. Um, I would. Maybe I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot out there. <laughs> well, true. Um, but hopefully, we've figured up some of the fog around this. Uh, I'll I'll try to link some in the in the in the show notes on the the actual post that goes up on Tumblr and and uh, potentially uh, living the nerd life, uh, but. The uh, I'm sure there are videos out there of people doing whether it's let's plays or whether it's just some some video of the game being played in general. Um, I think if you can see this game be played a little bit, you'll get a you'll get a lot better idea of what oh, we're okay. kind of talking about. And yeah. uh, it, it's it's not a really expensive game. Uh, out there, uh, let me let me see if I can look up what the what the price is, the going price is on Amazon right now. Um, I I still had my original copy, which kind of surprised me um, that I that I was able to find it. I guess I don't sell games back that that often, but um, could be more than like thirty. I wouldn't think so. I would think it would be even cheaper. It, I, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's a little bit more expensive because it's. Uh, not a very uh, wasn't a very popular game, but it's uh, it's pulling up right here. Um, okay, so maybe it is. <laughs> uh, maybe I need to sell. Maybe I need to sell my copy because uh, new on Amazon, it's it's selling for sixty seven bucks. Um, you can get a used copy here for for thirty seven seventy five. So that's not. The worst. I mean, still though, forty bucks for a, a game that's how old is it now? Maybe it's three years old. You know, three years old. Um, but it, it wasn't a, a super uh, super True. popular, uh, super um, highly manufactured game. So I can see some yeah. of the rareness. I, I I can see other games here, like Pokemon White Version Two is is thirty three dollars. So, you know, Pokemon games still manage to retain a lot of their value even after they're sold, but uh, okay. even after they're more or less out of print. But, um, man, I, I, I can't, I couldn't in good conscience tell somebody, like, hey, pony up $40 to buy this game because you absolutely need to buy this game. Um, I, I don't think it's some absolute classic that, that everyone needs to have played, but. It's a really cool game. If you do like strategy games, uh, especially in the Final Fantasy Tactics or Fire Emblem or Advance Wars style, um, you know this is something to look into. If uh, and it is, it's definitely a much different style of Pokemon game than you might be used to or, or might have heard of. Um, I'd say it's worth watching a let's play if you have a an afternoon or something. Like that. It's not terribly long. It's like twenty-ish 
Yeah, and, and I don't even think you need to watch a full Let's Play to get the idea of it. Like, just be able to watch a few skirmishes, see how uh, each Pokemon has these very different moves that hit a, uh, a very different range of spaces. Uh, and, and if that seems like something that might be for you, uh, definitely pull the trigger. Because it's, uh, it's cool. I, I really liked it. I, I yeah. wish... I. Going back, it it does have a few um, a few UI issues. Um, I I wish that it was a little more streamlined in the ability to find the right Pokemon for the right. Uh, uh, actually, I wish that system was just abolished completely. I, I wish that there wasn't this perfect link that I needed to find for each uh, Warlord. I wish I could just find the Pokemon that I wanted this Warlord to use and and level it up. Um, yeah, it's a bit. But I mean, I guess I guess it does give you something more rewarding when you actually do find the perfect combination or able to make something. Um, but it's a cool it's a cool game, and I I enjoyed playing it. I enjoyed playing it again. Um, yeah, it's cool to revisit. And and it definitely uh, it definitely kept up the the Pokemon uh, craving that I that I had going on because I, I I this is. So a little spoiler for a future episode of Gamers on the Go that's going to happen in the in the near future. Um, uh, I just finished Pokemon Diamond again, so we're uh, we're going to get back on that train. Um, sorry, Ty, you were not the guest for that one. Uh, oh, fine. I'll I'll have to get you on at another point to to be the Pokemon master. I know you are, um, but I think that one's going to be Pierce Corshain, um if he ever finishes the game. I have finished the game. Um, but yeah, so, so coming off Pokemon Diamond, he's like, you know what? I, I still want to play more Pokemon. Um, let's, let's try something a little bit different. And Pokemon Conquest fit that, fit that bill perfectly. And, uh, and I had a lot of fun with it. And I, I'm sure that at some point I will go back and finish that game and, and beat Nobunaga and try some of the, the post game content that's supposed to be really cool. And I guess there are lots of, Lots of legendary Pokemon and lots of really cool Pokemon that only show up after you finish the main campaign. Um, so I, I do look forward to, at some point in the future, uh, playing through that and, and experiencing that content. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to check it out. See it's all about. Yeah. Well, cool. I think that, that kind of settles uh, Pokemon Conquest. Um, if If we haven't sold you on it in this hour and a half that we've been talking about it, then I don't... I don't know what will, um, but but let's get off subject again and, and talk about uh, you know any anything else that's going on. Ty, have you uh, have you played anything else other than Pokemon Conquest lately? Um, a couple things since the last time we talked. Uh, I was playing WoW for a little bit over the winter. Just lack of other things to do mostly. Right. When was the like, so? Did you take a long break from that game? Yeah, uh, I hadn't played since. Cataclysm. Okay. Skip the pandas, and then I just came back uh, for the Draenor expansion. Just like because I'm living out of state, just to like play with my brother, that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, I actually didn't, didn't get to Draenor, the the newest expansion. <laughs> uh, I was playing through it. It's like, oh, cool! Like they like made it so fast to level now, that kind of stuff. Um, and then I got to max level, and I'm just like, uh. I don't really know if I need any more of this. So I never did play the newest expansion. 
Yeah. Um, after that, I I've been playing Diablo three with some friends from work. That's a lot of fun. Are you playing that on PC? Uh, yeah. Okay. On PC. Um, it does some hard to feel like a Diablo game, but it's much more action. Yeah, I, more I've action seen RPG than whereas I feel like Diablo the original especially was like real slow, real ambient, building up this like. I mean, you were scared to open doors, and that. I mean, I played it when I was like eight years old, six years old too. So yeah. that added to it. Um, but I was definitely like scared to open doors, and it was real dark in that game. Whereas the new one is just like spray damage everywhere. Yeah, that game has gone over that. Even that third game has gone over such an evolution. Like that that franchise has gone over such a evolution too. But even this third game, like it started out being. Uh, like you had all that auction house shit that was going on, the yeah, real money auction house. It started house. off trying to be like kind of a, an MMORPG with like you tried to like if you're gonna go and do like the hardcore, um, or hardcore is like you die once and your character is dead. Right. Um, they tried to do that with like a you had to have like a tank, a ranged magic. They tried to do this whole thing, and I mean, for better in my opinion, they just scrapped all that and this one like. They do this fun thing where you can do adventure maps now, and it's pretty much you just kill waves and waves of enemies, and then a boss will show up, and then mm-hmm. you get loot. And, and weren't they a little stingier with the, the good loot stuff at the beginning of the game, partly because yeah. they had this real money auction house that they wanted people to be able to to have these special weapons that might actually sell for for good amounts of money? But now that they've abolished all that stuff, like they've really gotten hard into the... You know, let's just give people awesome loot all the time. Yeah, that seems to be... I mean, I didn't play it when it first came out too much. Because my computer wasn't really able to handle it, so I was playing it on my brother's laptop. Um, But yeah, like, it was real slow to begin with. Like, the legendary weapons were, like, nothing you'd even want. And they, yeah, they really tried to push the real money auction house. But they scrapped that. Um, And there's a new patch coming out, too, and that's kind of changing things up a lot. Yeah. I, I look oh, forward man. to playing it. Like, the, the PS4 version is the one that came with the uh, Reaper of Souls expansion in it as well, uh, which I, I've heard adds a lot of really good stuff. Um, so it it's definitely a game that I that I want to play at some point. But, yeah. but yeah, like I like I said at the earlier part, like, I play the, the FPS Diablo, the less fun FPS Diablo called Destiny, and uh, that game's gone over a, a similar evolution of when that game first came out. It was so stingy with anything good at all. Uh, and and while they've gotten a little bit better about doling out the the more exotic, the the highest tier uh, weapons and armor, uh, it it's still I still don't feel like I'm able to get the really cool stuff and part of that is that game is is made to be uh made to be played with other people and and you know i can made made to be played with other people that you know uh even more so like i there are some things that you can do in that game that they'll match make you with other players and and you can have a decent enough time that way uh and then there are parts of that game that are easily soloable but um, the hardest stuff to to beat in that game requires you to have players in a party that go into it uh, and, and part of the reason is that they try to 
they, they bullshit it and say, oh, you need to know the strategy. And to be able to do that, you need to have people that you know and trust and all that shit. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, I can read an internet guide of what I'm supposed to do for this raid, and then I'll be fine. And as, as long as everyone's read it, then we'll, we'll be okay. And the internet will allow us to do that. But So then two questions about Destiny. Because I've heard some people get really, really addicted to it and then kind of burn out. Yeah, I've um, done that twice so, now. So one, where does the addiction come from? And two, is it the kind of thing with Diablo where it's like the more people join your game, the enemies get stronger? Um, it, not so much the second one. Um, okay. the, like, the addiction comes from, it's a really well-made shooter. Uh, the yeah. shooting in that game feels really, really good. It feels like it's made by Bungie, the, the people who made Halo. So you, you kind of think about like, how Halo feels. But it feels even better than Halo. Like the the shooting yeah. in that game feels really, really nice. Yeah, um, that's Halo always felt, felt like a little floaty to me or something. Yeah, I, I, I think loose, uh, I think if you play Destiny, you would you would like the way it shoots. Yeah. Um, and and there's something great about that. Um, and it's really pretty. Like the environments are are gorgeous, and the the promise that it has. So uh, the, the way it's, it's very close to something like a borderlands where you're collecting really cool guns that can do different things. The problem is it usually doesn't go quite as far enough. uh, Whereas borderlands has weapons that are absolutely nuts and crazy. And, and will you know, you have a a shotgun that shoots rockets. Um, You, you're not going to get that so much in, in, uh, Destiny. There are some really cool weapons, though, and those are all the exotic weapons. So you have uh, like one of the big ones that people like. The fan favorite is called the Galahorn, which is a rocket launcher that when you shoot it and it hits something, uh, it will it will do an initial explosion, but then it has all these what are called wolf pack rounds that kind of just continue to swirl around the enemy and do more explosions. And, and it's pretty badass, and, and it does a ton of damage. In fact, it's, it does so much damage that they're giving it a bit of a nerf in the next patch that they're doing. Um, it's, but, but there are some cool weapons. There's, there's a, a pistol that you can... Uh, that when you hit people with it, it has kind of some corrosive damage that continues to uh, whittle down their health and, and won't let their shields recharge as, as quickly. Um, there are sniper rifles that will... Um, that will regain ammo, uh, will regenerate ammo just on their own. You don't have to collect ammo for them. Um, there are weapons that... Uh, there's a sniper rifle that when you look down the sights, your character becomes invisible. So so there is some cool stuff in there, and there's really neat things to collect and, and uh, a good amount of armor choices that um, can, can give some uniqueness to your characters, but <sighs> it's... The reason you get burnt out is because even though there are some really cool things in there, there's not enough. And you get to a point of, you know, okay, I have the gun that does that. And now I don't. Like, now I don't need, now I don't, now there's nothing more for me to go after. Um, and you can keep kind of banging your head against a wall and you're, there, there, even though the, the loot has dropped a lot more frequently, um, the good loot, the, the stuff that you'll actually end up keeping, still is a little stingy, and 
you just feel like you put in so much effort and you get so little out of it. Yeah. Um, and that's and, the cool thing. Oh, sorry. No, you're you're good. What's up? Uh, um, oh, that's the cool thing about Diablo is they have these seasons. So it's like every new season, the like ladder resets they call it, mm. which is uh, I don't know, maybe once every three or four months, five months, and it's just they roll out new items, they roll out like new stats ways to play characters that kind of stuff so it kind of keeps it fresh yeah that's nice uh that's so my my main question about diablo because my main problem with uh destiny is that to get all the to get some of the really good stuff uh you have to go through these raids or go through these uh special nightfall strikes that that require you to have a party yeah. uh, and i don't have that many people on psn that I am both friends with and who play Destiny and are available and want to play Destiny yeah. with me. Put that much time into it. So yeah, like, I don't I don't know anybody who I'm going to schedule a night to to go raiding in Destiny with, and, and part of that is because I just don't want to to have to have that commitment to find those people online. I prefer to solo games if I can. Yeah. Uh, so is am I going to have similar problems in Diablo, or can I just kind of grind? to uh to make sure that i'm leveled enough to be able to take on take on everything in that game on my own yeah it's definitely you can so would um it's just a lot slower sure like I, a lot slower I'm, um, I'm fine with putting in the time like that as as long yeah. as i know that i'll get to a point where i can do it because uh, destiny really i am i have hit the wall and i can't get any farther than i have right now which is one of the reasons i'm putting it down for a while uh, I think that I have a new expansion in September. I I might come back. I might not. It's tough. And and another bad thing about Destiny is how much I feel like they're nickel and diming people. Uh, a lot of their content costs a lot of money, and I I've, I've spent a lot of money on Destiny already, and I might be done with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even with that, though, it's like it's cool to have it around. You know. Yep. For sure. Uh, yeah, I haven't even got to like max level in Diablo and kept a character for very long because I only play hardcore. Uh, and, like issues with lag and all that kind of stuff leads to some sure frustrating but sometimes funny deaths. Um, I've seen people. I know there's like set pieces, like different set pieces depending on like your spec. Like if you're uh, specialized in I don't know damage over time or pets for one class. There's I think there's different sets. Mm-hmm. I think you either gamble for them, which is kind of annoying, or they can drop. But again, I don't Well, I'm definitely into playing Diablo. I've actually never, I, I haven't really played a whole lot of Diablo at all uh, in general of, of any of the franchise games. Um, I think I downloaded the original Diablo at one point and, and put a very little amount of time into it. Uh, I think I've, I remember watching. Uh, one of our uh, teachers in high in middle school uh, yeah. play play Diablo yeah. two, yeah. um, but I never touched it. Uh, and then my my only real um, my my only real experience is playing Torchlight, which you know was made by some people who who made Diablo, and it's very much a Diablo style game. Uh, and I really love Torchlight, and I waited forever for Torchlight two to come to Mac and. Even though I think it might have finally come, I, I, I don't want to play it anymore. I, I've waited too long, and I'm too exhausted of waiting. 
but I, I'll totally pop in Diablo 3 at one point, because I, I really like yeah. the idea of, of, of that kind of a game. Yeah, it's cool. I think it's more accessible than Diablo 2, because Diablo 2 is a lot of, like, you open your talent trees, and you see all these, like, skills, and it's like, you need this skill to have this skill, and you need, like, three points in this to have points in that for a skill you're not going to use, but you're only getting that skill to get the skill that comes after it. Uh-huh. So they just streamlined a lot of that, and I think it's good. I mean, cool. of course you get players, but I think it's, overall, it's much more accessible. I'll have to, I'll have to give that a shot. Have you been playing anything other than those games? Um, yeah, I tried uh, playing Ocarina of Time on my, uh, laptop and it's not the easiest thing <laughs> but it, it's still cool it's nice to see it on a different screen and that kind of stuff i've been looking into persona 5 which looks really awesome it does look really good i'm gonna i don't know if i'm gonna have to buy a playstation for that game or but i'm definitely gonna watch and let's play or something out because it, it just it looks like persona but just like even better mm-hmm. you, I, my my only issue with persona 5 uh i I briefly played Persona 3 Portable and didn't like it. I think we've had this conversation before. Um, I I just couldn't get into it uh, for whatever reason and and kind of put it down. Uh, Persona 4 I played on Vita, or Persona 4 Golden, and loved it. I think it's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, It's it's definitely in the top ten, maybe in the top five. Um, And I love all those characters, and I, I think a lot of people felt that way because Atlas really squeezed everything they could out of Persona 4 uh, in, in terms of, like... And, and Persona 3 to a degree as yeah, well. Like, yeah. like bringing in... Like, yeah, the fighting game. Persona 4 Golden and, like, all this Yeah, stuff. Golden, Arena, Arena 2, uh, Q. And, and I bought Persona Q. And Persona Q I actually really hate because it plays uh it plays like etrian odyssey which i don't like and all the persona characters are just like one-dimensional versions of the actual persona characters uh, it's basically just um uh, it's it's just the guys like doing their shtick like oh hey kanji all he has to say is things that are slightly homosexual and yeah, chie yeah. is just talking about meat and like yeah, yeah like yeah, haha, funny. But like the the cool thing about Persona Four is that I feel like those characters develop over time. Yeah, and that's not all it were. Yeah, they they weren't these one dimensional characters, and it's really sad to see them, uh, see them just like go down to this like really sell outy shilly looking stuff. Uh, now, now that doesn't mean I'm not buying it. I bought the first yeah. arena and played a lot of it. I, I actually didn't buy the second arena, but I kind of want to. Um, I bought Q and didn't like it. And yeah, you know what? I'm probably getting Persona 4 Dancing All Night for my Vita. Uh, the stupid Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> stupid. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. I know it's gonna be bad, but I'm gonna get it anyway because I'm a I'm a bad person who likes bad games. Well, support <laughs> Atlas at least. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, but one of the things, the, one of the issues with Persona 5 because of that is I don't know if I love Persona. I know that I love Persona 4. So with a whole new cast of characters, knowing that I didn't enjoy Persona 3, 
I, you know, maybe maybe it was just everything clicked for Persona 4, and I might not like 5. Uh, True. But I, I do like some of the some of the gameplay tweaks that I've seen. I think that game has a ton of style, especially oh, yeah. like going through the menus uh, oh. that they've they've yeah, shown. They that. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Catherine. I don't know if you ever played that. Yeah, the way I, I borrowed I borrowed your copy of Catherine. Oh yeah, right, right, nice. Uh, but yeah, the characters do that where they like select a menu and she like changes the way she's setting or like puts a leg over another leg, but it's like super stylized. Yeah. And like, it looks like they switched up the dungeons too. Like I saw some like kind of platforming bits in Persona Five, and that could be interesting because that's that is my least favorite portion about uh, yeah, uh, Persona Four is it's like you're just going through these same tunnely looking dungeons that yeah. kind. I mean, it's cool that they all have different looks, but, but like the structure is all still the same. It, you're just yeah. going down long hallways with doors at the ends of them, and exactly, yeah. I mean, it's not quite as bad as Persona 3, where you're going through the exact same dungeon. Yeah. But oh. it's it's still kind of rough. Yeah, um, anyway, uh, I, in terms of, like, the games that, that I've been playing, uh, it's funny that we mentioned that. I am... This is a little spoiler for another po- potential future episode of, uh, of uh, um, Gamers on the Go, but, yeah, I've been playing some Persona 4 Golden. Uh, I've, I've been re- restarting that game. Um, I actually learned, uh, and it was kind of embarrassing for me. So I played that game for the first time, uh, one, one and a half years ago, I think, and loved it. And, and maybe it might've been even earlier than that, but, uh, absolutely enjoyed it. But I got to the end and I was trying to play it to get the true ending. And I, I just kind of, like I got, I got to the last day where your character's about to, you know, get back on the train. But um, I, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I want to get to a guide so I know that I'm doing it the right way at the end. Sure. I don't want right. to get a shitty ending. So, um, I, like, I, I found out that the the gas station guy is is like the the ultimate bad guy. But when I went to go try to confront him, he wasn't at the gas station. And I was like, that, what did I... Okay, I did something wrong. And then I had some people say, like, oh, you can't get the true ending on the first... On your first playthrough. It has to be through New Game Plus. And I, I just thought, okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I can't find this gas station guy, and it won't let me just leave. So I can't get any ending whatsoever. I thought I just glitched out the game. Uh, and for all the amount of time I put in like 80 hours into that game uh, and had every character maxed like I had like every everybody was 99 and then I had a bunch of personas for for my uh, main character were at 99 because uh, I just loved playing that game yeah and I thought well fuck I've put in so much time and it's all for more or less nothing because I can't even get a new game plus out of this because I can't get to an ending um but I I went back in. I actually started playing it again on my uh, Vita TV or, or my PlayStation TV. Um, I, that little box that nobody likes and I kind of like. Um, so I started it there, started a new game, and then I was tired and wanted to keep playing on my Vita. So I took out the game cart and put it in the Vita, got, on, got into bed, and then realized that I needed to... Um, to transfer my save that my save didn't transfer 
uh, because there's a memory card in the PlayStation TV uh, that's different than the one in my Vita, and I had just forgotten about that. So instead of uh, going back to the the PlayStation TV and and using the content manager to put it up in the cloud or or do whatever I needed to do, I just had it loaded up on my Vita. I was like, you know what? Let's go back to my old save and just kind of look at all my characters again. And I randomly walked into the uh, the Velvet Room, and when I did, uh, Igor just like gave me some item. And he's like, hey, yeah, you know the truth. And, you know, now you need to confront it. And I can't remember any guide telling me that I needed to do this. So when I got back out of the Velvet Room, the gas station guy was right there. And I was able to complete the the final dungeon and get the true ending. And all of it happened. So I went for a, I went a year and a half thinking oh. that I'd glitched out that game and never finishing it. Being like right up to the finish line. And then within one night, I just went, oh, that's what I needed to do. And then I beat it no problem because everybody's level 99. Yeah. And it just, it, it pissed me off, but I also had to laugh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So now, now I'm, instead of, I've abandoned that, that first restart, and now I'm going to actually do a, a real new game plus, and, and I think I am going to try to play it a little bit more closer to a guide this time so I can uh, max out all the social links and see all that game has to offer so I can do a proper podcast on it. Um, But that's been a big game in in my life so far, in my life right now. Um, I'm waiting on a copy of The Witcher 3 to get here. And uh, now that I guess that game has finally gotten all of the patches it needs to play in in a nice way, I think a lot of people had problems with the movement of that game. Um, so I'm kind of happy that my copy hasn't gotten here until, uh, I guess it's supposed to get here Monday. Um, I'm going to get to play that game fresh with fresh eyes on the best it can possibly be yeah. instead of the semi-broken way that it was when it first shipped. Yeah, I've heard some, some, uh, conflicting opinions about it. Yeah. But I mean, overall it looks pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I've never played a Witcher game before, um, I've I've heard a lot of good things, but I've also heard a lot of frustrating things about how hard those games are to get into and, and play. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like 3 is really a pretty mainstream, accessible game that also keeps elements of what made the first two Witcher games great. So I'm looking forward to start that. Uh, I talked about Pokemon Diamond, finished that, um, and, and we'll have a podcast on that hopefully relatively soon um, that I can share. And then uh, another game that I'm really excited to start, but I also want to wait until I can find the right person to do a podcast with it, uh, with on it, uh, is uh, this new game for PC and iPad. And I think it's on iPhone too, but I don't know why you'd play it on iPhone unless you didn't have an iPad. Um, it's called Her Story. Um, and I don't know if you've heard anything about it, but it is a, it's, a, it's a game where... Basically, all you do is watch videos. Um, you, you're in charge of this uh, police um, database of all these interview clips from an interrogation with uh, this woman. And you can use the search engine on this database to look up 
any word that would be in the transcripts of these interviews. Um, but it, it only gives you a certain amount of videos back. So you can't just type in the word the and find all the videos at once. Uh, but all the videos are just like little clips, like 20 second to a minute clips of, of her just discussing what happened. So apparently there was a murder. Her, her husband got murdered and the, it is all from her perspective. She is all, she is the one giving answers to these questions. You never hear what the questions are. You just hear her answers to everything. And so you as a player, you don't, you can't even do this through the game, but you as the player have to like be mentally taking notes or, or use a notebook or something to kind of put this case like piece this case together and, and try to come up with what happened on your own. And, and one of the cool things about the game is that it doesn't actually really have an ending. Um, it, you basically play until you're satisfied that you know what happened and, and it could be that you're wrong. It could be that you picked up on, on the wrong thing. And, but if that's what you're satisfied with, then, then that's, then you got what you got out of it. Uh, And you'll, I mean, I don't think anyone's actually necessarily cracked the case in that it's, in that it has a a canonical ending. I mean, it it might, but it's not something that's being shared that, Hey, this is the real thing that happened. So everyone just kind of has their opinions and their notes. And some people might be right. And some people might be wrong, but uh, I'm I'm really interested in in playing that game with a notebook, and and just like playing detective for a little bit, and yeah. uh, and if I can find the right person, person it might be it might be Pierce after after this Pokemon Diamond episode if I can get him to play it because uh, as as a person who is is writing a novel and doing things, Pierce might be yeah. a good person um, to do something like that with, but. Um, it, it seems so fascinating, and I really want to have a spoiler-filled ca- a podcast of, like, hey, what what do you think happened? And, and, hey, let's put our heads together and our notes together and see if we came up with the same stuff or if we have entirely different perspectives on, on what happened in this murder. But it seems really cool, and it's all, like, full-motion video of this woman being interrogated. And it's over a number of days, so you see her in different outfits, and you're you use that to kind of... Uh, place when the different interviews happened and uh, and and see if she contradicts herself in different things and it just seems fascinating and I'm really excited to get started on that game whenever I can. So are the developers saying anything? Like has anybody gotten close to solving it or? Uh, I've kind of I've kind of turned radio silence on that game because yeah. um, I, I I know enough that I want to I know enough that I'm really excited to play it. And I feel like anything else that I hear now is only going to tarnish the experience that I would get. Um, but to my knowledge, the developer is is not saying anything. Like he's just letting people play the game, come to their own conclusions, and that's when you finish. Uh, nice. So you don't even have to watch all of the videos, and some of the videos are entirely useless to cracking the case. But the the idea is that you'll watch a video, she'll say something, you know, I don't know, maybe she'll say something about a mattress, 
and then you can go into the search engine and type mattress and see whenever she's talked about that again. So you can start to kind of piece stories together around specific words, and maybe that will take you to other words that um, you should try or words or phrases that, that might get you... Um, get you a clearer picture of what you're looking for. So there's a lot of investigating and digging into things to try to find the right information. Oh, that's really cool. So, yeah, it sounds fascinating. Uh, it's it a re- goes with, that kind of goes with Persona 4 anyway. Yeah, it really <laughs> does. Exactly. Uh, it, I think that those would be good games to kind of play together uh, yeah. or, or simultaneously or, or back-to-back or something like that. But uh, yeah. So that that's kind of what I'm playing slash am excited to play, about to play. Um, oh, I did play a, a tiny bit of um, Mario Puzzle and Dragons or Puzzle and Dragons Mario Edition. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I haven't even heard about that. I do you know Puzzle and Dragons? No. Okay, it's a Japanese puzzle game. It's kind of uh, it's kind of like Bejeweled meets an RPG. Um, but I guess people like it. Like it, it, it was a, it's been a huge moneymaker. It's a, it's a mobile game specifically that, that has made, you know, the developer a ton of money through microtransactions and things like that. Um, but, uh, I think it's also come to other platforms too. Uh, I, I'm sure there's been a puzzle and dragons for, actually I think there was a puzzle and dragons for the DS. Um, but anyway, um, it's been a really popular series over in Japan and hasn't quite hit over in America. So Nintendo, uh, I think was it this E3 or maybe it was last E3 or maybe it was somewhere in between for just a regular Nintendo direct. Um, they had this double pack of games that was puzzle and dragons Z, which is the newest puzzle and dragons game, uh, that I guess had some more fancy bells and whistles. And then this kind of, starter game that was Puzzle and Dragon Super Mario Brothers Edition which is just the same kind of game except you're playing in the Mushroom Kingdom and um, like the whole idea of it is that you get a party of uh, it's it's kind of Pokemon-y in that you collect these enemies uh, that then fight for your own team um but then you can do things, you can collect items that you can help use to combine, uh, use to fuse onto uh, those different enemies that are in your party and, and make them stronger or change their type and change their color and, and things like that. Um, which is kind of cool in the Super Mario edition because you can find, um, like, uh, you can find, like, um, um, what am I trying to think of? Like the like a P-Wing. You can find P-Wings in the world, and then I could combine my P-Wing with a Goomba that is on my party, and now it's a Paragoomba. Um, oh. and, or I can uh, like collect some, something that has fire on it with a, and then combine it onto my uh, Koopa Troopa, and now it's a Dry Bones. Um, so, so there are kind of some cool things you can do in that game but but generally it's just like a a kind of bejeweled game where you're moving these gems around to to make matches and the matches then correlate to how much damage your party's going to do against the opponents um it's it's fun and i got really addicted to it for a little while uh but it has some some kind of spikes in difficulty that make you grind a lot and i kind of fell out of it um I, I don't know if I'll pick it back up again, but it was it was fun for a little while. 
Um, and then, I mean, this podcast has gone pretty long, and I don't want to take up more of your time or our listeners' time for that matter. Um, but one one last thing to mention. Um, this this past week, uh, Ty, I'm sure you probably know where I'm going with this, but um, uh, Nintendo president Satoru Iwata uh, passed away at the age of 55. Uh, he had bile duct ca- cancer. Um, he He didn't show up at E3 this year. Um, at least in person. I mean, because Nintendo has gone to this, uh, direct, uh, format where they, where they just kind of show their video. Um, he wasn't really there. He wasn't, he wasn't at E3 last year, part and mostly because of his health with this, but it seemed like he, uh, had gotten better. Um, but I guess he was still struggling with some things and, and he ended up passing away. Um, and it's really sad. He's, yeah, it's sad. Uh, he's he did a ton of great things at Nintendo. Uh, one of the one of the great things about him is that you know the the previous Nintendo president um, Yamauchi, uh, he he was a really great businessman, but he you know he started that like he he uh, got control of the company when it was still making toys and and he, hell even before that like when it was making cards. And just trying to find ways of staying alive, and that's why Nintendo got into all sorts of crazy things like office equipment and copiers and uh, ready-to-eat meals and ramen and, and lots of different things before they they got onto toys. Where um, the creator of the Game Boy Gunpei Yokoi uh, kind of helped them move into this this toy and electro mechanical games uh which then led to things like the game and watch and game boy and and nes and then that's when they really started to get into video games uh and then you have you know people like shigeru miyamoto and and the people that we know um like yamauchi was a businessman like he's he you know he he brought nintendo into this prominence with video games but he wasn't a person who played video games himself uh, he certainly didn't make video games uh, himself. Uh, he was more more or less just the president of a company that happened to make video games. Yeah. Whereas uh, Satoru Iwata, he came up as as a programmer. Uh, he programmed the um, the NES version of Balloon Fight by himself, a single oh. single man job. Um, and and while that game is kind of a shameless ripoff of uh, Joust. Uh, it still it still had a lot of charm that you know, I, I prefer playing Balloon Fight over Joust because Balloon Fight is uh, is fun. It's, I, I, it's a little more fun. I, yeah, you're not on an ostrich with a lance, but you're this guy with two balloons strapped to his back, and and you're facing there's off against these falling and stuff. Yeah, like there's there's all sorts of cool things in Balloon Fight. I I really like that game, and and yeah. he programmed it all himself. That's um, crazy. And you know, then he went on to to work in Hal Hal Labs, and and if you've listened to Gamers on the Go before, you'll know that Hal Laboratory is a uh, is a huge uh, hugely uh, loved developer uh by this podcast smash brothers smash Smash brothers kirby uh even our last episode before this one on box boy that's that's all hal laboratory um like they they've made some really great games and he was right at the forefront of that Uh, in fact he was so good that you know nintendo brought him in as a as a manager and then 
uh, he slowly moved up the company until he became uh, president. And even as he had these high-ranking positions, uh, you know, he would be asked to come back and help people program some games and fix games because he was such a great programmer. Uh, one of the one of the uh, big stories is that he came in uh, like Earthbound, the the game Earthbound for SNES was um, was having some trouble like getting out the door, and and they kind of needed somebody to come in and and get this game in a shippable state and get it sent out. And so even yeah. though he you know was a manager at Nintendo and probably didn't have time to worry about a specific game he he went out to uh to help these guys and and wrote a ton of code himself and fixed a lot of stuff up to uh to get earthbound into a state where it could ship and and get out there uh oh, wow and and especially for a game to i mean i don't know back then how much they worried about like triple a titles and that kind of stuff but, like Earthbound was not a really well-known game until recently, probably until Smash Brothers kind of popularized NES. Yeah, at least in America, for sure, because mm-hmm. Earthbound totally bombed in the in the States. And yeah. it, it's not until this kind of cult following behind, you know, the few people who did play Earthbound, and then people closer to, closer to me, and I, I guess you as well, who only know Earthbound kind of through Smash Brothers... Uh, but you know, have gone back, and now that we know about those games, uh, like have played. I, I've played a little bit of Earthbound. I've, I haven't actually gotten all the way through it, but um, but it's like it's it's a like it's, it's a really cool game. I, I think there are some some kind of um, archaic things in there that keep me from enjoying it. Um, but like, it has such an interesting setting that it still feels. Yeah. It still feels pretty relevant today. Yeah, I mean, I could see if I was a kid playing that, or even like slightly older playing that for the first time on the Super Nintendo, I would have loved that game. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're a kid, you're like walking around in normal town, and just like shit happens. Yeah, you're using baseball bats and yo-yos to fight, you know, dirty hippies and things like that. It just it seems so crazy and off the wall instead of. Like, I don't know, being a guy, being a knight that has a sword and, and fighting, right. you know, another wave of rats or skeletons. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, like that. I've loved games like that, but, you know, to have something that's truly unique like Earthbound, that is that is a really interesting thing. So, you know, um, and, and I know for, for Smash Brothers, too, he, he came back to HAL and helped them uh, test a lot of things, and, and I believe it was Melee, actually. He came back and and did a bunch of stuff to help Melee come out uh, when it was supposed to come out, because it would have been yeah. highly delayed otherwise. Um, so he he's always been a, a really great figure for the industry as, as a person who both, I think, was pretty shrewd with the business as well as, you know, understood video games from a developer view and an audience view uh, that that made Nintendo, you know, put out some really incredible titles and, and hardware as well. Like he was there for the best of times when, when the DS was coming out and when the Wii was coming out and, and led to some of Nintendo's, you know, highest profits. And he's, he's also been there for, for some of their more recent struggles uh, with the, the beginning of the 3DS, which, you know, has actually leveled off now and has become a pretty successful little system. Uh, And the Wii U, which continues to, to struggle, um, and he's and he's 
uh, a guy who got this deal going on with the NX, and we still don't know a whole lot about what the NX is or or what it does. But um, but you know that that's still going to be a system that has his fingerprints all over it. And yeah, he was really a, interesting, like post post Iwata, because we kind of had a post Jobs Apple. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and I think Apple did struggle a little bit without having their main guy on it. Um, yeah. Now Nintendo, right now um, they have a they have a couple guys in place. I can't remember Takeda's other uh, first name, um, but then also Miyamoto are are kind of dually taking over the day to day presidency jobs. Like they're they're Miyamoto. kind of these temporary guys. Yeah, Miyamoto I guess makes the most sense to be only one. I mean, he he does, but at the same time, he is not a businessman. He is a guy who makes games. He makes really great games. He needs to be out there as a face of the company, as as a person who continues to design things, who leads teams, who consults. But do I want him out there, um, you know, making business deals? No, I I don't. That that's not where he belongs. I, I think I think as a temporary person who is there until they find the right business guy who can make Miyamoto's dreams continue to come to life, that it'll be fine. But, but he should not be a main guy. And I don't think he wants it. And I don't think anybody wants him to, to stay as a president, but, um, yeah, yeah, he, he's just too much of a talent at what he does to, to, to have to deal with the day to day kind of stuff that a president would, where he wouldn't yeah. be able to put his creative input on on games like that, but uh, we yeah we yeah. still don't know exactly where Nintendo's going to go from here. Uh, we we only know about this temporary arrangement, uh, but in any case, Satoru Iwata will be will be gravely missed because he he did so many great things, yeah. um, and yeah. and I think so, that the, out for absolutely uh, the way that Nintendo has presented itself in modern times, I think, is really interesting and is really good for Nintendo. Um, you know, it's good. It's good for everybody. I think just to have that alternative. Cause you know, they, Nintendo's never really delved into, I mean, they had that one game a while ago where you like, uh, smash TV. I feel like it was a sequel to smash TV or something like that, where it's pretty violent. But other than that, like Nintendo's pretty sweetie clean. Yeah. They're, they're usually pretty, pretty clean, but I mean, just thinking of them in comparison to something like, uh, our, uh, Sony and Microsoft, especially when it comes to something like E3, you see Sony and Microsoft going all out and, and having these huge spaces where they are presenting games and these giant press conferences. And Nintendo for these past few years has, has turned into this, you know, let's do, let's make this video. Uh, and put it out there. We don't need to have a giant stage presence. Um, I mean, they are still a Japanese company, and with that comes a lot sure. of uh, closed-offness. And Yeah, and I wonder... I wonder if that's... Because I didn't really hear anything about him being sick, so I wonder if that's part of it. Like, they didn't really want to, like... I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's part of it. I, I know that uh, it came as kind of a shock that he, that he passed away. Uh, I knew that he had... Because I think at the last E3, well, the E3 before this last year, um, Nintendo had to make a statement of Iwata will not be here because he is uh, having surgery for this bile duct thing that was going on. But that's kind of all they kept it to. 
and uh, and it seemed like he was back, and he's been in. He was in the the Nintendo Direct video for this last E3, and uh, it seemed through the the Nintendo Directs that I've seen over uh, the past year, uh, it seemed like he looked in pretty good health. Um, so it it does kind of come as a shock that, that this would happen, but. Even though Nintendo is still, you know, a Japanese company that has some kind of secrecy and closed offness, Nintendo under uh, Iwata's uh, watch has has really opened up a lot. Um, like when you see, it, they yes, they have this Nintendo Direct that they can kind of keep people at arm's length with just this video. They are also pioneered that that streaming of the treehouse streams where you actually get some nintendo developers to go out there and and really show their games off in a in a pretty open manner uh that that stuff has been really cool i remember uh you know when it was two years ago with smash brothers uh or smash brothers uh for wii u they they presented those treehouse streams were awesome because they were just presenting new characters and and explaining a lot about, you know, here's some of the new moves in the game and, and how these things are working and here's how things are being developed and here's how things are being tested. And all of that stuff was incredibly fascinating and, and information that you're not hearing from somebody like Sony or Microsoft who are just telling you, this game's coming out, this is the date. And, It'll be awesome. And yeah, this will be awesome. Like, oh, check out how this guy chainsawed that other guy's head off and yeah. you'll get to see that in 2014. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, it was like pretty cool. Definitely one of a kind company. Yeah, it's awesome. yeah. So it's it's definitely a great loss. Uh, Nintendo will will continue on for sure, and uh, they'll keep bringing us great games. I I know yeah. for a fact. But like Pokemon uh, Conquest, like Pokemon Conquest, way to bring it back, Ty. <laughs> um, well, I want to thank thank you for coming on. Thank everyone for listening. Yeah, uh, we should have a new episode way sooner. Um, than it took for this one to come out after the last one, because um, I've because I've already played the game, <laughs> so I'm just I'm just waiting on uh waiting on our other guest to, to finish his uh, his journey through Pokemon, and then we can tell you all about Pokemon Diamond. Um, yeah, Pierce, what are you doing? Yeah, I well he's playing Rocket League right now on PS4, or actually he's probably playing it on PC, but I'll be playing it on PS4. Have you heard about that game? No, there's a couple games coming out. Like Splatoon looks cool, and then the other Legend of what is it, the Legend of Zelda Triple something, or on the 3DS? Yeah, Triforce Heroes or something like that. Yeah, where yeah, it's kind of yeah, like yeah. the uh, it's kind of like Four Swords, except it's only with three now, and uh, that does sound pretty cool. I need to tell you about Rocket League super quickly. Go for it. Uh, yeah. So Rocket League, it is soccer with cars. Oh wait, yeah, I've seen gifs of this, and people. Like, love it. They're like, I stayed up all night playing this game. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. I've watched people play it. I've watched, I I, I mean, I watched, like, on Giant Bomb some streams that they did with it that, like, they're kind of fumbling around, but it's really fun to see them uh, play against each other. Uh, And then I've watched, uh, just before this podcast, actually, I watched, like, a really high-intensity one-on-one match where these, the the way these guys were kind of controlling the ball with these cars that have really ridiculous physics and be able to control them in in such an amazing way they had such precise control for something that you know physics wise is so all over the place 
that game looks fucking cool, and I, I can't wait to get it. It's actually, uh, I can't wait to play it. I have it, because uh, right now it's free on, on PS uh, PlayStation Plus for PlayStation 4 owners. Uh, if you have a PlayStation 4, holy shit, you need to download this game. Um, and then I think on PC it's 20 bucks, but uh, it's, it is awesome, and I, I can't wait to play a shit ton of that game. Uh, and you know what? Actually, after I probably play a little bit of Dynasty Warriors, I'll probably jump into into some Rocket League tonight. Um, but yeah, that game that game is cool. So uh, Pierce, I know, has gotten the bug, and he's been playing a lot of Rocket League, which means he has not been playing a lot of Pokemon Diamond. Uh, so he needs to uh, to get get finished up on that. But uh, we will hopefully have that for you really soon. And then, as you've heard, I've got big plans for future episodes, uh, including her story, Persona. And uh, and some other things that I haven't mentioned that uh, I'm I'm excited to play. Awesome. So, Ty, thank you for coming on. Yeah, Hope thanks for having me. Continue to enjoy New York and keep uh, keep playing games out there. And uh, and if there's something that uh, that you've played that that really strikes your fancy that you can play on a handheld device, you let me know. I will. We'll I get you back out here, or or you know when we get black and white uh, started. We'll, I'll be uh, a consultant on that one. Yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you know. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. You have a good night, man. Uh, talk to you yeah. real soon. All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>